Oh, don't do it. I did it anyways. Yeah. Oh, and no. I think, I think I have pink eye in both my eyes. I hope so. Yeah. After what I did to you. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do to him? Go I on. farted on his pillow. Oh, that's pretty fucked up, <laughs> no. actually. You shouldn't do that, yeah. man. Yeah, no, but it, I mean, it'd be better if it was like herpes because then I would like go blind. Huh. What an idiot. Hold up. What a stupid guy. Am I back now? Yeah, uh, you're back, I guess. Were, were you ever really here? Uh, Not really, no. no. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't that, isn't that a movie about PTSD? Uh, you were never really here or something like that? There's uh, a movie about PTSD? There's there's hundreds of them. That's <laughs> 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 what one could argue that's what most movies are about. <laughs> Developing it or experiencing it. Um hold on. That's what all the Marvel movies are about. We just don't pay attention to those characters. Uh well, I mean, like, like, didn't they like fire the director when like somebody like mentioned having PTSD? I have no idea, but probably. I mean, I imagine that's true. I'm 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 gonna go get my second beer because yeah, I just same. drank I just drank that one in like five seconds. Unironically, we're experiencing the exact same thing. Wow. <laughs> Got a bunch of alcoholics around me. And of course, you guys tell me about this immediately after I've uh, started the recording, so I have to make sure that there's no dead space on it. You know, I'm just going to pause the recording. That's what you guys are doing to me. All right, recording's back on. I think. What? Man, there is something up with my computer right now. I don't know what it is. Oh, shit. Yeah. See if I can look at some diagnoses real quick. <laughs> Here's my uh, shit that tells me. Oh, man. Good times. Yep. Podcast is canceled. Good. Not, Thank God. All right. Canceled. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take dad's medicine. Take pills. Uh, take pills. Take pills. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, hopefully this isn't an issue. But uh, what 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 are we experiencing right now? Uh, my my computer has been acting weird. I've I've like been having little freezes here and there, little hiccups. Well, whose fucking fault is that? God's. <laughs> for, for making You're the simulation right. in the first place. Beep boop, as they say. As they do say. They do fucking say that. They don't get tired of saying that. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually kind of weird, if we're being honest. <laughs> How frequently they beep and boop. So uh, just a warning ahead of time. Uh, I haven't eaten anything today. Oh, good. Um, I thought of eating a salad, and then I thought, why not chase the high score? Uh, I'm not sure what the high score is. This rules. Yeah, Deeds is such a dumb bitch. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. He's back. I can hear you guys the whole time. <laughs>
Uh, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but fucking fucking prove it. Yeah. Uh, you called me a dumb Hold bitch. Us. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's just probably statistically likely. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> likely. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't know that. I have an I have an Otter AI uh, recording everything that we do here and writing me transcripts and then doing analytics on it. Oh, that's and wonderful. dumb bitch is said uh, referring to Michael at least. Um, let's see, forty uh, percent of the time. Yeah. I, I don't know what that refers to. That's crazy. <laughs> Like forty percent of any moment is spent yeah. calling Mike a dumb bitch. No, that's pretty <laughs> rude. I mean, actually. The, the, the craziest thing is that forty-five uh, percent of it comes from his partner's social media account. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on. I want to. I want to try this out. Uh, no one. Uh, actually, maybe I'll wait until the podcast gets started. No, fuck it. I've already. I mean, we got spilled two the minutes. beans. We got two minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to wait two minutes to do this. Wait. Just fucking wait. Hey, guys. No. Hey, hey, hey. No, but look at me. Look at me. Right. Look at me. Look I, at me. Look at me. Look at me. All right. No, when, I, when I drink oh. a beer, does it look like I'm nursing? Uh, <laughs> it kind of looks like you're trying to, like, throw <laughs> the largest cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you still look like. Oh, now you're frozen a little bit. There you go. No, it's because I almost fell off my chair last oh. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that guys. is a perverse fool fox. Yeah. This is a foxy little guy. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm a sexy oh. little fox. I mean, you're, you're, you're actively being railed up by whoever's behind you. So That's true. Mm. We've seen. Gotta get new glasses so that it knows. Persona's O face now. Yeah, you see it every episode, really. That's true. Uh, What if instead of starting on time, we start like a minute early? People would be like, "What the fuck is happening?" That would be so crazy. Yeah. In fact, it would probably mean that we would have five viewers instead of six. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll probably just we'll start off with worst viewership. Yeah, oh. yeah. You're gonna fuck up our analytics. I'm okay with yeah. that. That's a risk I'm yeah. willing to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh sorry. sorry I, I this is you good. off there. Um, it's actually time no, to start. No, we're starting a minute late. We're starting a minute late. It's no, better for no, our we're, analytics. No, we're, no, we're we're starting starting the show. There are two minute. There are two people waiting. Holy shit! Waiting yeah. for us. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, all right. Wait, are you playing this song? Yeah. It's the intro, yeah, oh my god. What do you yeah. no, you can't just do that whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I have the button. <laughs> the, button. the button is mine. Whenever you want to start a podcast, you you require our enthusiastic and ongoing consent <laughs> to uh, podcast. You can talk to uh, HR yeah. about that. I tried. She pulls a gun on me every time I walk into her office. Um, Cool. Well, uh, that that was, uh, uh, as usual, a great Ah. intro that we uh, talked over. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. Uh, This is episode 101. Yeah, we... Are we going to do some kind of like Christmas special celebration? (laughs) Nah, nah, we did that last week. Uh, Some of us might not know about that, though. 
Um, I mean, none of us remember it, whether or not we were there. That's true. Um, <laughs> it is the 22nd of July, 2022. Oh, uh, that seems racist. What you no, no, no. It's another play on words about the, the jewel thing. Uh, didn't they get unbanned? Did we cover that during the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, what did, that's actually what, did what we, we talked about. During, is, I, I, what did we say during last week's podcast? You know, people talk to me about, like, oh, when you guys were talking about this on the podcast, it was, like, pretty funny the way, like, and I'm like, ah, yeah. That's probably a memory I should have. <laughs> that's, you know, uh, what what really happened there, you, you know, like the Upside Down uh, and uh, Stranger stranger Dudes or whatever stranger it's called. Deebs. Stranger Deebs. Stranger uh, the same thing. So, so people act like that's fiction, when in fact uh, Australia is the upside down. That's true. Uh, it's, yeah. it's the Antipodean regions, uh, and so yeah. So what what happened last week is not that John is an irresponsible piece of shit who doesn't <laughs> want to fucking show up for his job, and it's not that you and I just got extraordinarily drunk uh, yeah. because we have impulse control problems and depression, uh, but what really happened is we were all replaced by the versions of us in the Upside Down, and John wasn't present because John is just so fucking pure and beautiful and perfect that he doesn't have an evil version or no, he's too evil. He doesn't have a, no, yeah, he's a piece no, of shit. Yeah. He's no, a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Fuck that guy. His evil. We should version kick him off. We should kick him off the podcast. What, what do they call the, uh, I mean, so we've got the upside down is, is the other one, the, the downside up, like, well, all, all I know is that anyone who uh, obsesses over that question probably has <clears throat> down syndrome. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> ableism like five minutes in the gate not even no it seems like it's i mean it's it's like a it's a fun show it's got a lot of kids in it it's got fun music it's yeah. got all sorts of things uh pretty ladies things that uh anyone can enjoy that was more ableist <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh bipedal human children that ride bicycles <laughs> you know what i i'm pretty sure that black people and jews would love this show because it has like food and like dancing clowns <laughs> uh, am i am i the am i the only black person that watches a show but you're the you know, you're the only one we allow on technically experiencing it uh yeah maybe i don't know man um you'll, you'll have to ask, i have uh, i have never mind i'm not gonna you make have to ask y'all. all of the listener <laughs> um, <laughs> y'all know each other right ask around um that's horrible <laughs> you know like like, like <laughs> at, at, at the bottom of my resume when i go job hunting it does say that if i'm the only black person at the company I demand seven more dollars an hour. That's a good policy, man. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, not only are you like doing the uh, the job, you're also providing the emotional labor. You know. Yeah. You you should get into like recruiting and uh, have at the bottom of your resume. Um, I know every black person. <laughs> Hold on, I just remembered something. Which is that? So I have I have a tale to tell uh, oh, as an excuse for me to stand oh. up for a second. I Jesus. went uh, to get a change for the laundry, hmm. uh, and uh, so I walked across town and I I, I got 
I got yeah. change. You had to I go got, all like, the way fucking... across town, town to get change. I'm, let me be dramatic about this. This is okay. storytelling. I'm a raconteur. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I walked 37 miles uh, to get change for the laundry. And I got $375 in change because they wouldn't take any smaller bills. Uh, and I filled my pockets with quarters and half dollars, mostly half dollars, because it's all they would give me, even though my change machine won't take it. Yeah. Anyway, so I finally, uh, I, I get back to my home and I decided that I wouldn't spend every bit of cash that I had on me on the change because it's just that's a lot of change even though i should have because i'm going to regret that in like i don't know a week when i've just done laundry yep you know 360 something dollars in laundry um and uh and i i had a, a dollar that fell out of my pocket when i was looking for my keys and i also went to the liquor store because every time i leave my house that's where i go uh, and uh, and i had a bag from the liquor store with uh, wine and whiskey in it and uh, so when i grabbed uh, it, I, I i also i couldn't do anything with my legs because that was holding a case of beer and so i had to i had to reach down with my available arm while holding a case of beer between my knees uh, and and kind of elbowing a um, uh, you know this bag and i pick up this dollar bill and i put it into the bag Right. Okay. Uh, because, you know, I'm stupid. And I just remembered that I, I threw that bag into recycling well, and I don't want to lose a dollar. So I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful tales. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll go ahead and assume that's how Danko uh, uh, was doing. Oh, I haven't even done introductions yet, man. Oh, yeah. Then we've already lost a, a cast member. Hello. Uh, I'm Michael Debs. I am the host of this show. Hey, I found my dollar. Shut up. We're doing introductions. I'm oh, joined, sorry. as always, by uh, Danko Suvin from the Instagram handle at DankDeluz. Also joined by uh, John, the producer, whose, uh, you know, performance record is, is actually not that great, but uh, yeah. theoretically <sighs> should join us every time uh, John, the producer, uh, does. Oh. Um John, how are you? How are you doing, uh, Danko? We're gonna skip you because you. I guess you already told you, us. No, how you're, you're not doing. gonna fucking I, skip me, but he can go first. I, I'll allow it. I thought I go first every week. You do. <laughs> yeah, but I like to make special notes. <laughs> well, yeah, no, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm worse than 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 the last week because you know, I guess maybe it's not an effective uh, uh, communication method to skip work as a cry for help. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I I just get I just get right write ups and fuck yous. Yeah, and and, and uh, get what you I, deserve I is what you, you mean. Uh, while, while you were sobbing, because uh, you you had this whole sob story about like I'm really stressed, uh, you know, at work, and uh, you know, I I did too much heroin, and I I didn't wake up in time for the podcast, and my boss I'm, keeps fucking my mom. Yeah, my boss keeps <laughs> fucking my mom. My mom keeps uh fucking my fucking my, my dog. Boss. <laughs> uh, uh, so you know all these all these sob stories that you gave me, and all I said was, "What what did I say to you, John?" I just said, uh, "Get it covered." There's, there's two kinds of people in this world. There's there's the Michael Deebs. And, uh, and then there's the John the producers, and uh, one of us can crush the other one, and I will fucking crush you. I will. Hey, hold I on. Will fucking crush. No. I'm, uh, hold on. What? Hold on. What does it mean? I. What am I? Oh, you're you're a person now. 
Could there be well, I mean, I, I assume I'm on the trajectory. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on the the spectrum. I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. <sure>. Different spectrum, <laughs> but uh... you guys want to hear some train facts real quick? Anyways, oh. uh, John, are you doing yeah. okay? Uh, yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's fine because uh, you know it, it it does cheer me up to actually you know show up for work these you know friday nights uh because at, at least i'm not the most powerful autist like uh like dorian is oh yeah True. no one can defeat no. this shit yeah oh my god yeah oh I, my god i, I sped I've read two sometimes. books about assholes this week that's like true. like 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 actual assholes well, uh close enough yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i read uh i spent monday reading uh the, the this book on the dulles brothers uh, which was a nightmare. And then I spent last night reading another book that I'm not going to tell anyone what it is because I'm going to save that for Mike because this is his show. <laughs> sure is. So, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything that you said about these books about assholes because now I'm just thinking about there literally are whole books on actual assholes. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. there, there's yeah. ass doctors right uh, yeah i was gonna say yeah, people, I, people yeah. go to doctor school for a very long time to learn everything they can about an asshole yeah so, so like like if somebody can write a whole textbook on sociopaths <laughs> there has to be like multiple multiple books just oh, there's talking about the ass the ass yeah the, the isbns for assholes uh go on forever uh <laughs> but <laughs> But no, I mean, so so here's 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 a here's a thought. Here's a thought. So uh, in grad school, there were all sorts of like pretentious terms that we had to use for people in places of authority, uh, like I, preceptor I school and shit. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I I do know that's how I sound. Like preceptor and shit, uh, but but proctor is uh, is one of the less yeah. frequent but still existent ones, right? Mm -hmm. So proctor, uh, if you if you're a proctor of proctology, that must be really fun. A proctology yeah. proctor, I like it. Is it because you're poking around at things? Is that what that means? I don't know the etymology of, of I, proctor. It's gotta be. Uh, yeah. Let's let's keep this rolling. Uh, Danko, Ask me how, how I am. How, how are you? Ugh. Doing all right, man. Thank you. How are you? Oh, glad to hear it. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's Fuck been you. a rough week of sleep for me uh, for some reason. I'm not sure Same. why. But, it's because uh, it's fucking hot it, everywhere. I don't even think that's it. Uh, no, no, no. I just. Uh, what did you did you fucking do tours in Afghanistan or something? You piece of shit. <laughs> that's you, it, yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's not what I was getting at. Yeah, you're going to complain about the heat here. There's uh, groups that used to be in Afghanistan in 120 degree heat. Uh, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any idea how much I rocked in this heat? I, I totally I totally remember uh, uh, how uh, Deebs uh, actually shamed me when I missed work. Yeah. Fucking uh, the you, next you can day. Read, you can read the message I sent you. Yeah, actually, actually I, I, I think I, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, Everybody, this yeah. is how I unironically treat my friends. So go ahead. I actually, I, I also got a message, uh, which is funny. But yeah, go on, John. Oh, let's see here. Yeah, no. So he said. Uh, so. Uh, uh, oh yeah, he said. Uh, wow, you're out there crying about 112 degree weather while our troops are illegally in parts <laughs> of the Middle East. Or, or no, that says. Uh, 
that says a uh, middle ceased. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, fucking yeah. illiterate. No, Wearing I was full... probably extremely hungover because we got very <laughs> drunk the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing full combat gear and probably really similar temperatures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking deeds simps for the troops. Yeah, really stuck it to you. <laughs> fucking gay. <laughs> It's it's weird because after I was present, he got angry at me uh, for it. And it, he sent me this text and it says, um, uh, all political institutions are Kyberian military targets. Take universities, for instance. <laughs> Learning surrenders control to the future threatened, threatening established power. It is vigorously suppressed by all political structures, which replace it with docilizing and conformist education, reproducing privilege as wisdom. Schools are, school, are social devices whose specific function is to incapacitate learning. And universities are employed to legitimate legitimize schooling through perpetual uh, reconstitution of global social memory. I don't know what any of that means, but I, but, I, I think yeah. it means that, that, that you've never had sex. I is, think he, is he making fun of me for having degrees? Well, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, so, so, you know, I, I neg on John because, you know, he was crying about the heat and that's why he fell asleep and missed the, uh, the podcast last, uh, last week. Um, so I, I went at him at the troop angle, and I figured mm-hmm. uh, I would go at you at the academic angle. Like, oh, you're yeah. you're, you're gonna cry about academia? Um, <laughs> there, yeah. there are literally uh, Jordan Petersons walking around with PhDs right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will I will say in in uh, response though that you know there's that common adage uh, C's get degrees. They sure do. Uh, which which true enough. But but the thing is that D's also get degrees uh, yeah. at some universities, uh, by which I mean D's nuts. Oh, <laughs> got him. Cool. Well, yeah. let's go on to the. Uh, so so first off, the the title of this episode. Oh is, yeah. What, is, what uh, are we talking about today? Uh, the title of this episode is "Crack Open a Book." Um, <laughs> and and uh, we're we're going to be talking about Hunter Biden's memoir later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, John just got John just got it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but uh, before we get to that, uh, we we've got a couple of news items that I think are are noteworthy that we should take a look at. One of them is, of course, uh, a recurring subject of ours, uh, which which I do receive uh alerts for um i oh okay uh that's weird that it has that that uh uh house passes two bills saying up um (laughs) even though it's not about that at all uh but uh maybe it's like uh, the clip before or something anyways uh so the millennium tower uh, uh the tower in uh san francisco that's uh that's tilting uh, uh, is tilted even more now. Um, what, yeah. <laughs> John? If you would, uh, if you would like to play this clip, please. Serving oh, information tonight about San Francisco's Millennium Tower. Once again, the tower has hit what's called a period of acceleration. It means it's sinking and tilting even faster than the engineers working to shore it up had predicted. Well, could you pause it really investigative team has learned. I. I, I I need to adjust my audio, but did he did he start that off by talking about abortion? Uh, yeah, so so I guess this was like really poorly <laughs> clipped, uh, and and they were talking about like the abortion uh, uh, 
uh, yeah. house vote yeah. before this uh, clip that came is up. So, so cool. Yeah. That is um, that's a cool move. Anyway, go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, please uh, continue, John. Because of that accelerated leaning, the plan to fix the Millennium Tower just changed again. NBC Bay Area investigative reporter Jackson Vanderbecken has the exclusive story. That boy, Jackson Vanderbecken. Here at the Millennium Tower, there's been yet another hitch. It's why crews are working here on Mission Street, but have stopped on the other side on Fremont. We've learned that. So, like, uh, yeah, like I. So I, I work construction sure. and at some point things get, things get messed up and the only way to fix it is to chain your problem to your work truck and pull it over. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just scrap the whole thing. Start from the very beginning. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So like at what point, uh, uh, are they going to just like strap a bunch of like chains to this thing and try to like pull it straight? Well, that's not normally how. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not normally how demolition of these kinds of buildings work. Uh, Why not? Because of all the other buildings. Um, well, I mean, what? Well, those other buildings. They're gonna have to take those down eventually too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. I, well, I mean, so, so we, we've talked before about how there's like this this fantasy realm of engineering that like if uh, all the ideal circumstances of maintenance and like wear and tear on the building, uh, you know, all these things are taken care of in a proper manner. These buildings could last for for thousands of years. Uh, the, the grim reality is that these things are never properly maintained. Uh, once they lose yeah. their like market value, you're no longer like individually replacing all the steel girders that go into these things like you're supposed to, etc. Um, so, well, yeah, well, it's 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 worse than that even, right? Because even in environments where uh, you are, your only job is to to work with numbers and calculations that are independent of real world circumstances and physics and chemistry and all that yeah. uh, wear and tear uh, shit is still, I feel and have experienced it to be generally pretty fucking wrong. Like the theoretical is quantifying things that, that have certain unquantifiable elements about them. There's lots of stuff we don't know about physics still. There's lots of stuff we don't know about, like the materials we're using. Yeah, they do like stress tests that are supposed to uh, uh, stimulate a certain amount of like uh, 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 gradual wear and tear on something. You know, you've got yeah. uh, when they're testing out new road materials, they've got this machine that like spins around a tire on it like forever uh, to see like how long the road will last. But that doesn't account for things like, you know, um differentiated loads maybe trucks that are yeah. overloaded oversized well, load and like all yeah, sorts but, of different things and weather events and and whatnot and, uh, yeah, yeah but he, like, even like, do, worse do than they, that is, is press on it like like the tire that spins like are they like like a like a 25 the twenty five thousand pound vehicle are they pressing twenty five thousand pounds of force as it yeah, spins? I, I don't know. What, exactly one would hope, it, but yeah. probably not. I yeah, don't fucking know. But, but even in terms of like, 
estimating how many calculations a machine can make in, you know, an hour, uh, even that's going to vary and get fucked up and yeah. get really weird. And so even even the idea of calculating whether or not the calculations are going to be correct is, <laughs> is, is something that's janky yeah, and broken it's, it's all, and it's wrong. Fictions that, you know, these um, yeah. these people tell themselves in order to, like, feel Which, good about the work they're doing sort of stuff. Your weekly reminder that uh, data analytics and collection of any sort is uh, useless, actually. And yeah. it's a bubble and it'll eventually collapse and then our economy will go to hell. Speaking of eventually <laughs> collapse, uh, let's go no. back to the uh, to the video. Yes. Work on the Fremont Street side stopped in late May after dramatic new tilting. Monitoring data shows the high rises leaned two and three quarter inches to the west just during the last six months. That's almost as much as the project engineer had predicted for the entire year. The building does continue to settle at a rate of about one half inch per year and to tilt at a rate of about three inches per year. Uh, it is doing this whether we are conducting work at the site or not. Ron Hamburger promised San Francisco city leaders he would reevaluate the <laughs> fix work time I hear if it appeared more. tilting to the west towards Fremont Street would exceed that three-inch level. There's no question that the fix has made things worse. Bob Pike is a better <laughs> geotechnical engineer who's advised Caltrans as well as federal agencies on large construction projects. He says the accelerated tilting was predictable since part of the fix required digging to make room for an underground support wall next to the building. That digging would no doubt displace dirt that's acting as a buttress against the tower's foundation, resisting the pressure as the tower leans to the west. Pike says the same thing happened last year when crews dug deep to install support piles down to bedrock. And that ground loss simply allows the building to push outward in the westerly direction when they're working along Fremont Street. So fix engineers say they're now changing their strategy a bit. Rather than trying to shore up two sides of the foundation simultaneously, they're now going to partially anchor just one quarter to the piles already installed near Mission in Fremont. They set us a statement saying, this will stabilize the structure and help us complete the work on Fremont Street without additional tilting. Wait, while stressing wait. Source, so I made it, it up. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have we have to we have to fix fix it to to fix it. Yeah, we got to fix the fix so that we can fix. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I so I I fucking I fucking hate engineers. Yeah, and and I. I haven't been following the exact numbers, but now I want to like make a spreadsheet of this and see like how how fast it is accelerating. But but they're they're talking about it it scooting over a half an inch and then suddenly you know an, an inch and a half and then almost three inches. Right. And I want to know how much how much that's speeding up over time because there has to be a point of like. Where it passes this like angle of repose or whatever the fuck you might call it. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. a fucking so, physicist. So where it just fucking drops. A uh, <laughs> little bit of information on that, which I think they get into yeah. near the end of this video. But um, let's go ahead and run it through and then but, we'll talk about but one, like, where, re where we're really quick thing. Go ahead. Uh, which is just that I. Um, this is getting to a critical point. Mm hmm. Because the thing that's really concerning to me here is that half an inch, I mean, you know, people can ignore half an inch, sure. 
Uh, two and a half inches. All right. Okay. Three inches. That's getting really close to dick length. You know. <laughs> right. And 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 once it goes beyond dick length, like if we get to four and a half inches, then I'm gonna feel really weird every time we bring this back up, well, which will be every week. Yeah. I mean, this but is, like this over, is on top oh, over, of the twenty-four inches. It's already leaning, mind you. No, yeah. but like daily, you know, yeah. or like monthly or whatever the fuck. Oh, okay, yeah, um, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like if if it moves more than my penis does in a week, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very upset about that. I mean, technically, you you walk across town to get laundry money, so your penis. I leave my dick at home, lot. though. Oh, all right, never mind. Yeah, uh, it's John- it's just, it's essentially a, a, a three and a half inch. Um, uh, hitachi wand really. that's amazing yeah it doesn't work like one ladies are single (laughs) (laughs) what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say uh it it is it's alarming that the building's uh tilting one micro penis a week yeah Yeah. what do you mean what do you mean a micro penis i just you know like a little Uh, a little dick what, yeah. What do you yeah, mean? Uh, a, 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 me- a medically diagnosable little dick, specifically. Hold, hold, yeah. No, hold on. What do you yeah. mean? Like, 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 like. <laughs> wait, wait, give me a size, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like, uh, like, uh, half like two and a half is average, bro. Come on. <laughs> I actually measure in meters. <laughs> really not an impressive number. <laughs> Should probably do some different uh, measurements. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, John, go ahead and play the rest of this out. The tilting never endangered building safety. With this year's tilting, the tower is now leaning nearly 29 inches at the northwest corner (laughs) from the top. That leaves a shrinking margin for error because fix engineers have warned the Millennium's life safety systems like elevators and sewage lines could stop working once the tower leans 40 inches or more. Oh, yeah. Jack. So, so, uh, like, uh, like, uh, the difference between like a plumber and an electrician, right? Like an electrician, like does like a nice, neat installation of their, uh, because they're, they're the two, uh, uh, trades that, uh, that, uh, uh, use pipes. Yeah. Uh, but even still, for an electrician, it could be a problem if, like, say, a building like cracked and a certain pipe came apart. Which is why electricians are supposed to put the pipes together so they don't fucking fall apart. But plumbers, yeah, like plumbers have to install shit in a very fucking specific way for it to fucking work at all. It's why yeah. when people are people are like, oh, it's a pipe. You put one pipe. You, you take one pipe. You you take it over there, and then they're like, why is my house filling with shit? <laughs> sure you know i, I should have gotten a licensed plumber so so in larger buildings like these I'm, I'm sure you know like they they have like expansion joints and stuff like that which is like yeah rubber couplings that because it, you know every building even a small house has a potential to shift a, an inch or two one way or another over the course of its life uh so so you know they put uh, these these kind of rubber joints on things a lot of times which are called expansion joints um, and, and these kind of like mitigate, uh, you know, any shifting that the building does over the course of its life. Um, but when we're talking about like uh, nearly 30 inches of uh, tilt at this point, uh, a bunch of sinking, you've got to imagine that all these rubber couplings and, and a lot of these are, are kind of like 
not accessible in any way in my experience where you you know i ran operations uh facility maintenance operations for a city for a while uh we had to do lots of excavation to like fix rubber couplings because for whatever reason people thought rubber couplings were going to last forever and they (laughs) fucking don't they wear out like regardless of whether or not a building shifts a bunch um these rubber couplings have to be like under extreme amounts of stress uh and these these are both you know feeding water to the building and uh feeding shit away from the building Mm. um so i i you know and uh the the building engineers are saying hey if we lean like 40 inches like our elevators could no longer be functional i think that's like a high level estimate of like what their their lean like amount can 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 equate to uh, yeah i i'm surprised uh, that the building hasn't like <laughs> lost most of its like plumbing services already um, yeah like and well and it, it makes me wonder if they uh like uh if like if the only thing that the fucking engineer thought of was to uh over engineer the fucking like uh uh plumbing uh uh routes but yeah i mean because because everybody knows that like you build something in san francisco and it's on a layer of silt essentially (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i forget what they call it they call it the uh uh something clay old bay Uh, clay old Um, yeah 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 they call it the old bay clay and it's like this really loose not very stable ground that that everything in san francisco is built on and this is you know it's not one of the biggest buildings uh in san francisco you can see right which next makes to it, it funnier frankly that it's not well well so th- here's the thing is uh you see next to it like there's a, there's a much larger looking building and i don't know what that building is a, a couple at least yeah uh, but especially but, that one yeah but right. residential buildings are incredibly heavy because you uh you know in an office building you can get away with like two or three bathrooms per level right yeah but in a residential building you have to have several bathrooms per level uh because each individual unit has its own bathroom its own kitchen so you have all these appliances and and all these other things that go into it and you know over the- i mean i imagine and not knowing a whole lot about the this kind of thing per se um that just the weight of water waiting the pipes mm-hmm. uh at all of these points uh, yeah, especially yeah. if you have like a bathroom every you know fucking thousand square feet uh and, must and this, be you know this ties into something that i was that i was talking about with like the world trade center when we did that building episode uh like a year and a half ago now you, you mean all of our episodes well yeah i mean but like specifically the building episode where i talk about like how inefficient uh a lot of yeah. these uh, skyscrapers are. Um, you not- mean all of our? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the in the case of like an office building sort of sort of arrangement, and I think office buildings are garbage too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but 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 they're lighter at least. <laughs> they are lighter at least, and and since you have like a reduction of like all these services that are necessary because you're kind of like working with an economy of scale and really like the majority of your mechanical uh uh equipment is going to be for hvac which you can kind of centralize in a lot of ways uh because air doesn't weigh anything uh water weighs quite a lot and getting water up to the top floor of one of these buildings requires a a lot of mechanical rooms a lot of uh, a lot of pump equipment a lot of uh, a lot of concrete to, to support all these 
uh, structures, et cetera. So yeah, this building is significantly heavier than every building around it because it's a a huge residential building um, built to the size of what like an office high rise would be. Um, But yeah, uh, the good, good luck to the fixers of uh, millennium tower, but uh, it's, it's, incredible to me that like projects like this continue to be allowed to be built uh this this happens in new york city a lot more than it does in san francisco and i think we're gonna keep running into these kind of problems over and over again because uh new york has like a similar sort of thing going on with with its ground because of course it's like a seaside uh uh city uh it's got very similar conditions of like what the soil and and uh, bedrock are doing. Yeah, but I, I mean, fact of the matter, in, in the end, sorry, I've been. Um, no, you good. Going to apologize in advance for this, uh, but I've uh, I've been diving through a bunch of land again because oh. I got into a reading mood and I've been reading a lot of Nick Land because I'm an idiot. Uh, but uh, but what, one of the fundamental truths I think he actually does point out that's true is that capital is is essentially an epistemic machine, right? And mm-hmm. it always is just trying to learn and ultimately learn uh, limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of course, they're going to build these buildings in unsafe environments because ultimately the entire purpose of building that building is so that capital can extract as much money from it as possible until it finds the limit when the building collapses. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe I well, should also read a little bit of land because this kind of ties into what I've uh, been writing for operations. I've been telling fucking so many people for so fucking long that land, though his later work is insane and his Twitter persona is uh, worse Math. and he <laughs> is, is racist. Math. Actually, it's post. Here's the problem. Post he meth was racism. way he was yeah he was way better when he was on meth yeah uh, and then he quit meth and then he became a raging racist but uh, but his earlier work especially or his like mid early work things like machinic desire um, are phenomenal and they're really really good and you, of course you have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to understand that like you know he's just like he's the most fun secondary literature that you can read <laughs> right like he's not. It, no one can ever really look at him as primary literature, at least in my mind, but he collates things and makes them interesting and insane in interesting ways. Uh, and uh, Nick Land has a lot of shit that's really useful. Even if you fucking disagree with him entirely, you still can can look at his points, find them agreeable or, or disagreeable in a way that's at least interesting, right? Which sure. you can't do with like fucking i don't know any shithead can cons- like even mentions mold bug uh, for the most part you can't do it with bring up mold bug or, or maybe like oh yeah Yarvin. we're gonna talk about yarvin uh, yeah <laughs> um but uh no like with with even with him like mentions mold bug he's not as offensive in a certain way as like ben shapiro and people that are actually given way more uh kind of credence and and allowance to speak in in mainstream media yada yada uh despite saying things that are 
both more offensive and less insane. Sure. But he's really just repeating things that have been said by conservative philosophers for 300 years, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or longer, thousands maybe, you know, but back in Rome, a lot of this shit was said. But then with Land, he, he's genuinely saying some stuff that is um, at least in some way holds some tendency towards the new, if not being new on its own. Um, so even if you think he's a fucking asshole at least he's an interesting asshole uh anyway uh, john i believe you were gonna say something uh yeah well i mean it's kind of like uh like uh like one of the kind of things things that kind of bothers me about like society is like there's like all like there's things that like people you know it's like it's too dangerous to do a thing or it's too irresponsible to do a thing except for these few people you know yeah, and sure. like at first, at first it makes sense, you know, like, uh, cause I think technically anybody can get an engineering license if you can pass the test. Uh, some States might require a degree, but fucking, uh, the, uh, an engineer's license fucking is a test, like any other fucking state license or licensure thing. But like an engineer, if they do their stupid little fucking statistics shit, they can they're allowed to do fucking anything yeah i mean it's it's it yeah they're they're like they're like cops but for buildings you know exactly i mean the the real problem is that the determination of truth is is kind of twofold right where it's not only that truth is determined via consensus uh, as in the more people say something is the case, the more it becomes the case, but also that we have this scientism type thing going on as well, right? So if you get an engineering degree and you're supported by an institution of engineers who all got the same bullshit degree or whatever the fuck, uh, and you have a bunch of money behind you and thereby a lot of investors and you know people that rely on you and things like that, that is what ends up determining truth, at least in terms of action, which is the only kind of truth that really exists, right? So, well, we, we see in this story like a perfect example of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where where you have Ron Hamburger who uh, keeps re-engineering this fucking thing, and it doesn't God, matter that, that uh, his engineering, like on top of the engineering, keeps like not working. Uh, he's still allowed to like speak as the engineer on this project for some reason. Every yeah. time that we stop this podcast, I forget his name. And every time we start it again, I remember his name and yeah. I get an erection. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. It gives me a boner. <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, I, 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 I had a gig where I, I worked closely with, uh, with engineers, uh, for about four years, uh, mostly like creating their, like little fucking like research workshop things, uh, uh, just like constantly renovation, re- renovating uh, workshop spaces and office spaces. But the engineers that were like 35 years and younger, their attitude about engineering was creating a new way to do things that have already been like figured out. Like oh, that. Of course. I, I, and then the, the, uh, like a one, there's a, the, the like a uh, chief electrical engineer at this research laboratory. Uh, he, he was like 96 years old fucking, but he would always come talk to us. Cause we were like, my crew were electricians and like his attitude about being an engineer was to solve problems that currently exist. Like 
that an engineer is to solve a problem as opposed to like this guy, he fucking engineered a problem, which now like fix it engineers is a fucking thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's... It's, it's, it's an engineer to <laughs> fix other engineers fuck ups. Hell yeah. And this is something that <laughs> well, like spirals out of control when you get into like software engineering. Because software engineering oh, yeah. is even faster and faker than than like normal physical <laughs> engineering. So uh, Virilio, he has that whole thing about the invention of any new technology is the invention of a new accident. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wise words. Uh, speaking of buildings falling down and engineering mistakes and bad stuff all around, uh, John, could you go to the next link? Um, you don't have to. We can stop here. Oh, we we have to we have to get through a bunch of stuff. Um, imagine if you will, <laughs> we 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 live in a country that is maybe doing a proxy war with a uh, a, a fellow nuclear power right now. Um, the the city of uh, New York uh, decided to release a PSA on surviving a nuclear explosion. <laughs> Oh uh, God, they're back! I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, turns out we're doing real aggression. I mean, uh, there, there's been reports that there's CIA agents like on the ground in Ukraine. Of course, there always were, but like now, it's like yeah. hitting the mainstream that like, oh shit, maybe we're yeah. more involved with this than we than we thought we were. And of course, really? you know, none of the people who were saying shit like, "Hey, I think uh, this is maybe like an engineered proxy war by NATO and the U.S." Uh, none of those people are ever gonna like get an apology or anything like that um but right. now, now the mainstream media I, is like oh fuck <laughs> i will i will say as everyone's apology to um you know everyone who is right and who continues to be right you should pick up the brothers uh it's a book about the dullest brothers and oh, okay. it, it describes uh pretty much the um <laughs> the way that these two pieces of shit ended up leading to this like secret world war through the CIA and, and other methods and ruined the world uh, nonstop repeatedly uh, from like before world war two on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it really puts like current events into really uh, useful perspective. Um, yeah, because uh, because people when they're talking about oh there's CIA assets hanging out in Ukraine, I feel like sound crazy to some people. Uh, but once you know the history, it's it doesn't sound crazy at fucking all. <laughs> I know. I, I I constantly yeah. tell uh, anybody who's willing to listen to my schizo rants. Uh, I think the CIA is the most dangerous organization that exists in the world. Um, yeah, the most dangerous, and also the, the increasingly the the most are more incompetent. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's insane well, how well, bad it has gotten like, at its job over the years. Now it's like, like uh, it's super dangerous, and and uh, you know, on on the subject, like I have a nuclear warhead, and now I'm going to incompetently manage that nuclear warhead. Uh, it's still got right. the same lethality. It's still got the same uh, danger associated with it. And now you've got a bunch of idiots standing around it with a hammer. Like, should we just like make maybe tap this thing to see if it still works or like? Well, I, I mean, I, I I would say even even worse than that. That one of the ways in which all these like secret intelligence wars end up functioning, um, it's it's maybe the best or or most interesting application of something like accelerationism in the sense that 
the more that technology and capacity is evenly spread throughout the world, the worse that intelligence agencies get at performing their jobs, right? Yeah. Like the more that, I mean, there was a sweet spot where you could, you know, uh, you know, take over or perform these really advanced or not advanced, but like efficient coups in South America or whatnot uh, and get away with it. I was going to say, yeah, but the as, sweet spot was but, the sixties. Right. But 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 as technology advances and as people's not not only just their eyes and ears, but also just their like uh, uh, the like the, the, their ability to maintain things like basic war technologies, uh, thing, things like and let's face it, at this point in time, it's nine, not 90. It's like 70, 80 years old now, the nuke. Right. This is becoming a, a an old war technology. Right. Yeah. So we can expect pretty much anyone to have it uh, or to be able to eventually have it. And so things like the CIA, you would expect them to become more useful in those situations because they need to be clandestine and they need to be able to, like, do sneaky things that don't require boots on the ground or whatever. But uh, the technologies to stop them also end up increasing, as do, like, the uh, potential uh, wrongs that come from them being caught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so by accelerating technology, yada, 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 you have an interesting ability to weaken things like the intelligence apparatus, but also make all of its failures more catastrophic. And let's face it, most of the terrible things that have happened with the intelligence agencies have just been because it's not afraid to fail. No, yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. yeah. yeah. So there's a rant there. Yeah, but... um, John, go ahead and play this. there's been a nuclear attack don't ask me wait that cgi background's so good yeah that's Qu- fucking amazing close that little ad at the bottom real quick john and, and then go ahead and ask yeah. your question so the and this was made by the city of new york yeah the city of new york couldn't can't... find a fucking graphic designer to like put this all oh, together. sorry well he meant they, he they, meant they, newark, <laughs> newark. <laughs> yeah they 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 couldn't fucking uh uh just go outside right right like, well they, they they'd have, have to, to like they had to show the buildings as destroyed record their brownstones yeah <laughs> 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 it's just all the richest people in the world yeah um yeah I don't, well, I don't... And, and i mean the the lucky like 96 year old ladies uh <sighs> uh who hopefully you know for their grandchildren if they die in the next five years will actually be able to uh uh, pass on those uh, uh, dilapidated yeah. brownstones. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, but yeah, those the, waterlogged yeah. brownstones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the, the uh, filled with black mold and rats and things like that. Fucking that uh, were able to to uh, uh, their the their husbands were able to buy from being a plumber. <laughs> uh, yeah, rent so, control. So uh, before we continue playing it, uh, I, I I just love the way that this is introduced. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one is hit. Um, that's that's going to be the thing that we get in trouble with. Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things, but the thing that millennials are going to get in trouble with Zoomers over is going to be uh, ads like this. They're going to get blamed on us. 
Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, and, well, and, no, there's been a nuclear attack. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, honestly, uh, I, I think fairly. We deserve so, it. I think fairly. We so. deserve it. Yeah. 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 Well, like, like, I, like, uh, like certain things, I, I, I like, uh, like, uh, I, like sometimes I don't want to agree with uh, people saying that uh, millennials are uh, the the whiniest little bitch generation, but then other times, like I do. Like, yeah. uh, it's like, uh, uh, before I, 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 I knew the term shit lib, <laughs> it fucking like, it like blew my mind that, uh, when, um, uh, I, I remember like, uh, having, uh, shit, some like, like conversations with like shit lib friends and acquaintances about like, uh, you know, like being like, yeah, you know, nuclear bombs are bad fucking, uh, like nobody should have them. Like America shouldn't have them. And it's like, well, you know, we've created the strategic nuke. Yeah. It it it, it, <laughs> does, it, it doesn't irradiate a fucking territory for five hundred really years. Are cool. you just murders all okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 then it's like, so you don't think that was because they were like, oh shit, like we fucked up if we completely destroy a country with nukes. It also the, fucks the, up the, the world for everybody. <laughs> yeah, or like how how can we claim that those that land and resources when it's irradiated? Yeah. So let's let's make more efficient nuclear. Yeah, nuclear yeah. of course, of course. Yes, we'll, well call it like, strategic. It's the people that are obsessed with recycling, even though it doesn't work. It's yeah, just like yeah. I feel better about this fucking like me assisting the machinery. I've, um, I've completely shed that from my mind now, and I just throw it all in the same bin. Yeah. Well, I, the, you, I you look, you look at the amount for some of stupid reason. Like I just, it's an automatic thing. Uh, it's probably because you Not care about time. the people who are looking at you throwing it away. Maybe I don't know. No, no one can see shit I do. Oh. I live in a hole. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, no, it's just really reflex. Uh, fuck! God damn it! I lost. I lost whatever I was saying because I'm stupid and drunk and. A cute little fox guy. Oh, um, um, John, keep keep playing this. <clears throat> oh yeah, this uh, like what six foot five tall lady. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, completely off relation. scale. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, you already you already made the point. Like they couldn't just go outside. I guess they wanted to show like the destruction of the building, so they had to do some like CGI stuff. But uh, oh maybe yeah, we're, don't, we're commenting before we see like, it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know Andrew Cuomo's fucking nephew to to do the CGI right. for this shit. Like, well, like, like if, if I'm guessing that like this whole thing CGI and it's fucking uh oh it's only a minute thirty five. So they could have had ten seconds of good CGI. Yeah. While this lady like walked around like screaming into a a mic over fucking New York so, traffic. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So it, it, in in terms of like screenwriting. You want to avoid shit, like, unless you're, you know, being, there's always exceptions. I'm not going to get into that. But but you generally want to avoid shit like voiceovers, right? They're fucking awful. Uh, but this is the one situation where you should have a shot of the city and a fucking voiceover. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the one situation. Her, her being in frame is not making me more uh, engaged with this at all. Yeah, but I'm also and- sure that everyone that saw this decided to pause it and talk about it for half an hour <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, like wh- why didn't they just go it. ahead and cgi her in <laughs> i i don't that's know that's the man. joke michael yeah yeah i get i got the joke yeah 
How but, dare but you? I wanted to like do another joke on top of it. You want you wanted please, to uh, please point out we we had to, we had to go on. <laughs> jokes on jokes on jokes. How or why? Just know that the big one has hit. Okay, so what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. <laughs> Step one. Get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Sorry, I'm so stuck Step on that two. little thing. Yeah. The big one has hit. We're not talking about a fucking hurricane. We're talking about a nuclear weapon, you dumb bitch. Yeah, like the the big, I, it's not her fault. She's an actress, but but the big one has hit is such a fucking stupid thing to say. Yeah. I hate it well, so much. Imagine, imagine she, uh, she has like her actual job is like being a nurse <laughs> in an ICU or something. And it's like, it's all just... right. Uh, you, you know, you, you have like a, a, an aneurysm or like a serious heart attack or something. And uh, she pops up at the bedside next to you and she's like, all right. So the right. big one is the big hit. one is hit. <laughs> <laughs> Your life but, is in very serious mortal danger. We don't know how or also, why. Don't ask me. I don't know. Uh, probably has nothing to do with the war that we're fighting in Ukraine right now. Um, yeah, and I, it, so, like, so like, like another thing here is that okay. So just looking at the list that she has right now, right? So get yeah. inside fast. Get into Stay a building. Inside. Move away from the windows. <laughs> like I, I, I know that this is ultimately serving. You can't like, outrun vision. purposes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm going to say. Uh, which is that uh, purpose number one is to do some very minimal thing to protect people from fallout if and yeah. when it occurs or like radiation in general. Number two is to pretend that we have a plan. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, and number three uh, is uh, also to pretend that we have a plan. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much, uh, pretty much exactly but, what she's going to go through. But yeah, so so move away from the windows is such a funny one because like it, it exactly thirty percent of this has to be a lie, right? In order to kind of make this machine work, mm -hmm. where everything is just like okay, if you get into a building fast enough, as in you're able to get to a, a building because you haven't been uh, evaporated yet, vaporized, yeah, uh, then not you a probably on should the, on the steps of whatever building you were walking into, right? <laughs> yeah, well, um, like uh, like. Well, it's it's because uh it's because psychologists are no longer uh, uh, a public menace. Uh, <laughs> you know, like all, uh, all, all they, the they, good psychologists are owned by the uh, the NSA now. So yeah, they're, they're yeah they they're all corporate psychologists. You know, <laughs> fucking the the government and the military they all hire fucking uh, which is a real thing. Fucking it's part of the reason why I fucking stopped studying psychology. It's fucking corporate psychology. Oh yeah. So yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, I'm gonna uh, address the chat. Uh, there, there's been some funny comments in the chat. Of course, we have a chat. Yeah, uh, but but some ambulances uh, last uh, last uh, chat was go outside, touch grass, madness. Uh, as we're <laughs> seeing here in this frame, they didn't even go inside either. This is a 3D rendered for reasons beyond me. Uh, 3D rendered apartment uh, that they're in now, uh, and I was waiting specifically for this scene so that I could say they didn't even actually go inside either. Uh. Oh yeah, and uh, also uh, this apartment wider than the street. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not a New York apartment. That's not even a Chicago apartment. That's 
Uh, th- this that's is like a, a New York a... apartment that uh, that that this is actually the only space. Uh, the camera is in the the very extreme corner, and uh, uh, this apartment costs you like two hundred thousand uh, dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. I I might believe that, but only if it's a penthouse. It's nothing yeah. on ground level, uh, or or close to it. Uh, continue, John. Please play 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 the rest of this. Shut up, John. Stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. <laughs> Sorry, pause. If you were outside after the blast. I I really thought she was going to say, don't have a basement? Get one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of the level of advice that's being given yeah, here. Because, no, like, like um, I genuinely expected that. <laughs> uh, you you got to imagine uh, uh, New York, very dense, uh, very... Uh, uh, you know, people are people are living in multi-story uh, uh, apartments and stuff like that. Um, the the idea that like the average New Yorker has access to a basement is is fucking absurd. Uh, most people in New York barely have access to like a place that has a a full size bed. Um, right. Let let alone well, like full. And, and I mean, well, she said if she said, so, if, you know, well, I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the funny thing about New York, though, is that they have like 80 stories of uh, uh, occupiable city underneath, not 80. It's I think it's like fucking I think it's like 40, 40 or 60 stories or something like that of occupiable uh, space uh, underneath the city in like utility tunnels and fucking uh there's power plants underneath the city and fucking shit like that. I mean, honestly, every cool place I've ever been to in New York has been underground. <laughs> like, literally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clubs where people but, but, yeah, I mean, each other. Well, like, uh, skyscrapers I, I think, and shit. I, I think New York is one of the only, like, uh, the only, like, uh, mega cities in the world where uh, uh, people early on fucking uh, predicted how out of control the fucking, like, city's population would be. It was the new world, yeah, baby. I, yeah, as no. much as I want to make fun of New York, it's pretty cool and neat. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even like specifically making fun of New York, except for like I hate the. Way I mean, I want to though. Done their city planning, and I think, uh, you know, it's like actually one of the most functionally racist places in America. But um, they do have the funniest mayor. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> really cool guy. Uh, but but yeah, I mean like. <sighs> This isn't even like functional advice for people in New York. No, no, really. the advice is terrible. Yeah, but the advice is terrible because it's being given to all Americans, also, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or assumedly so, because that's how the internet and like communication work. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's confirmed, but like, like a. Uh, like I knew that fucking like all the fucking like uh you know what to do in the event of a nuclear attack thing was bullshit. Was when like I read an account of uh japanese survivors uh oh yeah uh uh what do you call it uh that a uh a small you know like river inlet thing in uh one of the cities i can't remember uh like when everybody lit on fire like people were at, at like a level where they just kind of lit on fire mm-hmm. fucking or or but didn't immediately die but then died because they jumped into uh, like a fucking drainage canal full of water that right. was boiling from yeah. the fucking like energy that fucking uh uh 
uh, came off the blast. Yeah, you're. Which I don't know uh, if that's. You're typically not going to survive a nuclear attack, uh, no matter what. Um... Yeah, like in like a, it's like a like a fucking like ten mile fucking like radius of like yeah. fucking like sixty to eighty of that 10 mile radius. You, you're basically fucked if you don't die like the day of. You're uh, you know gonna be sick with radiation poisoning so bad that your your odds become like 50 50 on the cusp of that 10 mile radius uh this then, is when when nuclear war finally starts that's gonna be the greatest victory of every person that lives in milwaukee because chicago <laughs> will be wiped off the face of the fucking earth but milwaukee <laughs> will be untouched exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> live live close enough to a city that you can like uh you know enjoy the fireworks i guess uh is, is the advice <laughs> that i would give people um i mean just don't live in a cool city yeah no apparently like apparently like uh the only place that somebody would want to hit uh with a nuke in texas is fucking where i live apparently oh yeah well, that's what you get yeah i mean it's your fault really yeah yeah you know what you did it's um, it's because it's because it, uh, uh women don't have uh, women are uh, allowed to go topless in in this county. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which county? Yeah, do you gonna, uh, 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 I'm gay, by the way. But, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm asking so I can stay away from that county. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to watch the rest Texas of this uh, as much uh, as I can. No, let's can... let's watch the rest of it, but promise we're gonna be quiet. Okay. We had to get through right. 40 seconds of this without pausing, so... <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Go ahead, John. Get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three. Stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Oh, Don't yeah. forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. Alright? You've got this. This is no, no. Alright, uh, that's the end of it, obviously. Uh that's that's kinda why I just wanted to avoid watching the rest of it because <laughs> This is oh my god, that's better than hide under your desk. Yeah. That's so fucking good. Um so yeah, hide, hide in the basement you don't fine. have. Uh, yeah, make sure you take a shower uh, with with the water service that's definitely going to yeah. be working after a nuclear <laughs> attack. Uh, make sure you follow uh, social media that's definitely going to be active after a nuclear attack. Uh, re rely on all these systems that are really just not going to fucking be there once the yeah, bomb drops. Well, like, like, uh, like your your water runs because of electricity. Yeah. Right, like, with, like if all the electricity in the fucking city is fucking gone, the fucking <laughs> water's not gonna flow. Like oh, it'll it's... flow for a while. It'll flow for fucking... three seconds, based on <laughs> what level in the the apartment building you're at. I mean, yeah. thankfully, New York doesn't have things like skyscrapers and like yeah, exactly giant machine mechanical tons rooms. Of electrical pump yeah. systems in order to feed water uh, to whatever you're living in, but. Oh my god, dude! How, how did you? How do you dare to try to stop us from hearing that? Because I didn't think we would make it through the end of it, and I'm I'm actually That's, impressed that we did. That was yeah. fucking magical. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
I'm proud of us. That's, I am, that's I am the proud funniest thing we've ever had on the podcast. Well, we've had funnier. We're actually going to watch no. a Jordan Peterson clip at the end of this. That's that's probably the funniest thing I've heard in my entire life. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we have to well, watch I'm, I'm in a laughing mood. So. So. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's go ahead and uh, get through this next link real quick. Uh, you know, lots of people have posted about this, but, uh, but I, you know, I just wanted to make sure that we covered it a little bit on, on this, uh, this awesome. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, uh, you're not going to be able to hear the audio very well. The person who asks the question, uh, but the person who asked the question, uh, thankfully this is, uh, put, put in the little transcript here. Uh, the person who asked the question says, has your husband ever made a stock purchase based on info he received from you? Uh, the first response, uh, Pelosi has to this is what, 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 what did you say? And then he uh, repeats his question uh, at the same volume level and, and just as clearly as he said it before. And then uh, uh, Pelosi uh, kind of just says no and then runs away. Uh, but you go got to buy some time go ahead to say it. no. <laughs> uh, over the course of your career, uh, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you what are you saying? Uh, over the course of your career, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you received from you? No, absolutely not. Okay, she literally runs away after that uh, question. That's so good. She even like folds down the microphones. Yeah, like, and oh, God. Gotta make sure I get away from this shit. What are you saying? That's so good. Um, go ahead and, yeah. Uh, stop that um so uh this I, is in regards to to uh this this uh this article right here well i mean there's lots of articles about this but uh this the story i guess uh nancy pelosi's husband buys millions of dollars worth of nvidia stock ahead of a vote on chip manufacturing bill uh this is a uh so dope, dude. a handout to uh semiconductor uh development in america um, all these companies that rely on semiconductors could make the semiconductors here. It's cheaper to make them abroad. Uh, and basically the bill is saying, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money if you promise to make it in America instead. Uh, when when we actually had like the legislative ability to say, if you're an American company, you have to make it in America uh, to give people jobs. Um, yeah. So instead of like flexing that actual legislative power uh that that we supposedly have uh in america uh the the response is we'll give you a bunch of money if please you make it right. in america um and and this is uh projected to like pass almost unanimously uh there's been a couple of outliers people like bernie sanders who are like correctly identifying that this is like a corporate handout bill uh but i mean he's still probably going to vote for it anyways because it's generally better for for working people than it is uh uh not but it's still a corporate handout bill uh regardless yeah because uh, people are fucking retarded mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a a a multi the a, mul a multi-billion dollar company is not gonna go fucking bankrupt because uh, like they're not gonna stop making microchips because we make them fucking make it in america yeah, yeah, and these these are companies that are already raking in like uh, tens of, if not hundreds of billions of dollars in profit every year. Uh, so you know they they could invest in their own American infrastructure. It's just that right now uh, they can suppress wages in America by 
shipping all these jobs overseas to uh countries who have you know uh suppressed wages already <laughs> um disenfranchised workers in america disenfranchised workers abroad uh they get the both the best best both <laughs> best of both Good. worlds jesus uh <laughs> uh by by doing what they're doing and now uh uh you know uh the legislature is basically going to hand them uh it was originally going to be 250 billion dollars but even like uh conservatives are like oh that's a little bit extreme uh so now it's only 50 billion dollars uh that they're going to give to uh to to companies here in america uh, a, a quick sorry sorry go on no, go ahead oh, i was, was going to say they're, they're going to give 50 billion dollars uh to companies here domestically uh in the, in the hopes that they like genuinely pursue some kind of semiconductor manufacturing in america right and and a, just a quick reminder for everyone uh though uh you know maybe it's not necessary but uh just any kind of leftist movement is necessarily internationalist. Yes. And so any way of like attempting to just defend the pockets of people in the U S is, uh, number one, ineffective, uh, but number two, probably just deeply immoral. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I agree on that. Uh, and, and since you brought it up, uh, I was going to say we, we need, we need to do a Nazbol episode soon. Fuck yeah, let's go! Um, because because I've been oh, seeing some I've been seeing some Nazbol rhetoric, and uh, uh, yeah, that needs to be put to bed. Um, well, I mean, Nazbol can still be. I mean, it it doesn't tend towards it, but you could have internationalist Nazbols in a you weird, scary way. <laughs> so, so I can imagine it in a terrifying way. Yeah, yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. Um, so yeah, well, we'll have to do a Nazbol episode soon. Um, uh, the multipolar world does, in fact, require poles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, John, I forgot to put a, a link to uh, the book that we're going to be oh, reviewing. There's fourteen next. links. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, some the of them we're going to hit pretty quick. Uh, but, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, John, if you could, if you could look up uh, Hunter Biden, beautiful things. Oh God, it's it is a beautiful thing. Well, we gave it away. Uh, oh, so for the listeners, uh, well, I just I just want to have the the image of uh, the book cover yeah. up while while we talk about it. I just know that the the vast majority of us uh, or or of them that listen to us on Spotify don't want to listen to us doing a Google search in silence. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's all content. It's a, all right. This is how yeah. the sausage is made. I don't like sauce. Well, I love sausage. It's actually better than bacon a lot of the time. Frankly. Just, just just keep the image up, John. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be. That'll do. That'll do. Um, first, first thing I would say is that I didn't have this question before reading the book, but afterwards I do. So the cover of the book is a uh, a toe-headed child holding uh, his father's suited hand, or his suited father's hand. The hand yeah. itself is not suited. Um, but it makes me... At first I was like, oh, of course, that's Hunter Biden holding no, his Bo. daddy's hand. And I was... That's now I'm like, Bo. wait, is that Bo? Uh, and and why, do we, why do we have that question, Mike? Because this book, or why why have we gained that new certitude? <laughs> <laughs> this book is a nightmare. 
<laughs> this it's... this book is a uh, uh, great man theory for my brother only. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is good. That is good. So, I um, I told someone I was reading this book. Right? I, yeah, I told a couple of people too, and all their responses and... were why. Right. Well, this person doesn't know me phenomenally well yet. They haven't listened to the podcast yet, et cetera. Um, and they ended up asking me. Going. Yeah. Now you you got what the the <laughs> the implication is yeah. is there. Don't tell her about the podcast <laughs> if you want to keep that up. I guess. <laughs> she knows what happens. I just tell her not to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but th- they ended up asking uh so was it just uh was it just kind of a nightmare or were there any you know insights and you know at least she she expected that maybe it would be just a nightmare but but then i i sat there and i was thinking okay this was not as painful a read frankly as uh Buddha judges books no like yeah. those were just a nightmare to read they and, hurt and, to and read. you brought this up in a group but, chat that we're in and right. the reason that i gave oh. is because despite all of his flaws as a person hunter biden is verifiably human uh, yeah and and also i i mean there are two things number one that he's human and number two <clears throat> excuse me releases ghost writer is human or yeah. ghost writer is writing about a human or something yeah but the second thing is simply that like Things happen in this book, at least. Sure. Uh, like, it's pretty fluid in my head still. Um, I have not really been able to make total sense of it outside of, and this is my favorite type of book in the end. <laughs> but the thing that is most concrete in my mind and the insight that I've drawn out of it after, you know, wondering, like, what the fuck insight could I get from Hunter Biden's book is about his weird psychosexual complexes for sure did you so so sorry i I don't want to call you out on the pod but i guess i have to because i didn't ask beforehand but did you finish finish the book or did you stop with okay so i I know this morning you had 50 pages left so i wasn't sure if you finished finished i I, like pretended to do my like real job for a bit and (laughs) and then i buckled down and read the last 50 pages yeah that's how i do my reading too um but uh the the most no we can't dive straight into it but so the focus on the brother right Right. is insane it's fucking unhinged and it sucks because i sympathize with hunter in so many ways because his entire focus through the book and in his description of his own life, and what we're just going to assume, though it's untrue, that Hunter Biden wrote this book. Uh, but <laughs> but because I've read his poetry, and he yeah, cannot yeah, write no, this he, book. He's, he's not a writer by any means. Uh, um, and and oh this was God. clearly like dictated to someone, and they kind yeah. of like filled in the, uh, the, the linguistic flourishes that existed. Right. And it's convenient because I've, I've, recently finally been watching bojack horseman so it was a really good kind of interplay there i mean uh Uh, this this should actually just be a beautiful things a memoir bojack horseman (laughs) right yeah exactly Uh, but anyway so the book the book is obsessed with two things uh and on the cynical and well i mean people can sort out what the cynical and optimistic versions of this are i think it's pretty obvious but it's obsessed with 
his experience of grief over his brother's death uh-huh. and with his own experience as an addict. Yep. And I think those are two really fundamental and traditional things to write about. I don't think there's anything wrong with writing books about either one of those. In fact, many of my favorite books are written about that kind of thing. In fact, Hunter Biden also points out that he experiences the same thing where he makes multiple references to Bukowski, to fear and loathing, uh-huh. to just he, he makes all of these flourishes uh, to all of these different forms of essentially like uh, drug porn uh addiction this, porn which this, is a thing that's common in addicts for this, sure this has this has the bones of a good book sure yeah yeah like the, i mean that's the thing it's it's the every moment in the book is uh well every interesting moment in the book <laughs> yeah. is, it's it's almost as if like dennis johnson wrote it and then it it never gets that point. It's it's like uh, the fucking Hallmark channel steals it halfway through. Right. So that's still too fucked up to be on Hallmark, but it's not fucked up enough to be fun and interesting. So you're right? saying like, it's more like an FX uh, series. Don't you trash on FX. <laughs> that's the only FX and I will. That's the uh, only thing I agree with Chapo on uh, is that FX shows rule. Uh, but right. uh, well, <laughs> no, some of them do, but, but big, big schism yeah. here. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> our schisms will not boil down to things like accelerationism, uh, but down to FX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, stuff that really but, matters. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, so I've, I've been kind of going around in circles. I apologize. I've been ranting a lot. But but really, so uh, the the summary of this book, if if I could do it really briefly, would be uh, I love my brother. I love him. I love him. I love him. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. If you've read the book, you understand what I'm referencing yeah. to. Uh, and uh, by the way, our mommy died. Uh, and that was bad. And then and let me, we let me stop grew you real, real up. quick yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you say mommy. Um, he keeps referring oh. to his, like, his new mom as mommy. What? What? His new mom is mommy. No, right? no, 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 no. I was saying he, he keeps referring to, uh, his, his, uh, his biological mother as mommy. Right. That that's. Because uh, uh, Nelia uh, Biden is mommy, Jill Biden is mother, or mom. Oh my god! Oh my god! I <laughs> I did a weird thing in my head while I was reading this. I guess yeah, where you might, I you just might have, you might have transposed those onto each other. But well, but that's yeah, easy I, to I, do I, I took. He's yeah. Well, I mean, this has more to do with their with the sexual the the, the sexual like psychopathology too. Mm. I think in, in that like so one of the things that Freud says, which people ignore a lot, is that or not Freud. Uh, Lacan says this about Freud. Uh, like everything that he says, it's about Freud. But uh, Lacan says ultimately that the Oedipal Triangle is fundamentally something that it only exists inside of the bourgeoisie society, right? But that, and that yeah. elsewhere in other societies, they would form in ways that are fundamentally different. And I mean, yeah. a lot of that has to do with simply a movement from structuralism into post-structuralism and a, a, a need to like, you know, deal with that. But uh, I think you really see it here where 
and really any kind of depiction of the bourgeoisie uh, from themselves or otherwise, where that's where you really see the Oedipal Triangle, which I, I, I think is one reason that they're always so quick to uh, judge poor people, especially poor black people, for being like fatherless or what whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Just being like, well, you don't have the same Oedipal Triangle issue that I do, thereby how do you have any kind of guidance on what you're supposed to do in your life if you're not obsessed with fucking your mom? Um but yeah, so anyway, so so I I ended up kind of confusing the two characters because number one is not a terribly well-written book uh, nope. and because I'm stupid, number two. Uh, and number three being that I, I really did think that the replacement mom was mommy, at least in retrospect. And I think you're right. I mean, like I said, I sped read this in a night. Oh, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I wrote down like specific notes on a yeah. bunch of stuff. So yeah, I didn't write any that, notes. That, I should that have. might have been um, why I took a little bit longer to read it uh, rather than like specifically oh, yeah, no. one night. Uh, I, I was I was taking notes as uh, no, of course, yeah, evidenced by this sheet of paper. I have. Yeah, I um, just let it flow through me uh, like it should have. Uh, let it flow through you like a head of crack. Yeah. Uh, but, like, like dysentery. But yeah, I, I really thought that uh, that it was this weird kind of sexual thing uh, in the end, but I guess I guess not. And that that's that's interesting in its own way. But the really bizarre sexual pathology that comes through this and then we can finally get to it and i can shut up and stop ranting is that throughout the whole book you know because it opens with Bo biden who by the way is in my opinion based solely off of like his career path but certainly off of it uh, individual things that he did probably actually a worse person than hunter biden as a crack addict who oh, constantly yeah, sure. fucks prostitutes right like he was a, the DA and he was in the military and all these different things. And I've talked to two military guys here, but you, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, uh, we're, we're yeah. specifically uh, former military the guys for post, post anti-military guys. Yeah. Um, like Bo Biden, just this this person who fundamentally had to have been a monster to have any of the sort of like markers on his life that he had is idealized and worshipped by hunter the entire time uh and then in the end um hunter finds i gotta skip over so much amazing shit here but but towards the end of the book my favorite passage in the whole fucking thing the thing that made me cry laughing i actually i had i had tears streaming down my face how fucking hard i was crying at this (laughs) but he he meets a woman Yep. And they go on their first fucking date. Melissa, right? Thank you. I, I wrote, I wrote this he, down specifically. See, uh, see, I don't, yeah, I didn't take any fucking notes. Uh, but, but he ends up sitting down with her on their first date and notices that she has his brother's eyes. Yes. And confesses what? love to her. What the fuck? Yes, their first date. It's the, the horniest shit. What the fuck? <laughs> the first date that these two people go on. And, and uh, they're, they're currently married right now. Yeah, uh, but fuck the first yeah. date, and, and- uh, uh, he, uh, I wrote down, uh, Hunter tells his new wife upon their first meeting that she has the same mm-hmm. eyes as his brother. That's, and then yeah. within uh, uh, four hours, according to him, uh, confesses love to her. Um, yeah. Which is and, uh, and, bizarre, and to 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 just 
put that in a little bit more context and then I'll shut up. The, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, though, that this all happens after he's been fucking, what it was her name, Haley? Uh, Haley Hallie, Biden? Haley, Haley. Uh, fucking Hallie Biden, who is Bo Biden's widow. Yep. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, like, I'm going to go out just, on a limb here real, real quick. Uh, because his you, dick you, is psychically tied to his brothers and yet distanced from it because he desires his brother. His brother produces this bizarre psychoanalytic triangle yeah. that I can't make sense of, and I love it so fucking it's, much. It's, it's his, really, his brother really is his bizarre. dad. His brother is I, his I dad. Say, yeah, his, his brother is his actual dad because uh, it's so good. Joe his dad is, even is says that. Yeah. Uh. His dad says uh, which which one is which? I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Bo was my soul and you are my heart. Yes. Yes. That's the weird fucking dude. Americans there's there's 15% of them that have the weirdest forms of intimacy. And my family had some of this shit too, but just like, I need to tell you how fucking hard I love you. Yeah. But, but also I'm going to beat the shit out of you. For sure. <laughs> but, but we're not, uh, we're not accusing Biden of being a child abuser or anything like that. I'm yeah. I actually, I'm well, confused. Well, I'm not, not, so. not, 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 not today. Yeah. Not today. Not today. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and then like, I, I'm... of course, caveat that with the, uh, he was Irish. So, or is but Irish? Is, is that Biden whole family is trying to we'll talk about that theory later. Is um, who <laughs> Biden? Joe Biden. <laughs> no, no, he's dead. He's been dead for years. Um, Does he? Is he even breathing? So, so some notes that that I have uh, have written down, and one of the first things I picked up on was was the soul thing. Um, yeah. So Joe Biden tells tells uh, tells Hunter that Bo was his soul. And uh, and Hunter is his heart, and then uh, immediately after uh, Hunter uh, writes us down, um, uh, he he also says Bo was also my soul, and what I've learned in the last couple of years is that I can keep living without a soul as long as my heart beats strong, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird thing to say that you don't have a soul anymore, <laughs> and that's probably not what he was trying to say but like it's really clumsily written because he's trying to like be poetic the entire time and uh yeah. it just comes off as i have no soul but i've got a really strong engine so fuck with me uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh immediately he starts demonizing other addicts like uh it's, it's not like and worshiping them he's weird about it he's really he weird is, about he it he's very bizarre about it and, and we'll get into a <clears> little which is bit of that, to be but, fair an addict thing to do for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, what, what I would say is like my major takeaway of this, uh, because you kind of like already gave away the end. Um, but this is just like another stage before he goes back into a relapse. I, I hate to say it, but uh, has he not relapsed since this book got released? Like, I, I'm I, I'm essentially I, I don't know. certain I, I don't really keep up with the news on Hunter Biden uh, that much. Uh, this was right. actually your reading assignment. So, uh, Maybe yeah, but I'm not a Q nerd. I'm just a guy who likes to read bad books. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if he's like relapsed again since this book came out, but uh, this this seems like a like a cycle that he's going through, and this is his like new manic uh, sobriety cycle. Is I found right. a new woman and she's fixed me, 
uh, oh, which yeah, is a course, cycle that he's gone through with like two other women at this point. Um, well, it's 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 funny because one of the things he points out, which is actually maybe this is the insight. This is the insight, even though ultimately it's something I've heard in every other Annex book. But it's this idea that after enough time in things like 12 step programs, things like that, you simply learn to um, uh, you you now know the rules of how to stopping an addict or not stopping an addict, but how to avoid uh, being an active addiction. Right. Uh, but all that that ultimately means uh, down the line is that it, it it allows you to avoid those things and kind of trick yourself. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that that was kind of a good type of insight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's. <sighs> Let's face it. If you if you write about your addiction in a book using a ghostwriter or otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, you're either lying about it or it's enough part of your psyche ultimately that even if you're in if if even if you're in remission, let's call it that for for both him and his brother, even if you're in remission during that period, you're going to go back to it because it's such a huge part of your psyche sure. and part of like what you're doing with your life. Like, yeah, there's just there's no hope for anyone that's writing a book about doing drugs to not do drugs again. It's that's not how it works. And and that's that's something that I noticed kind of early <laughs> on in this book, too, is uh, it's called Beautiful Things. And I think in the first chapter, he kind of touches on it a little bit where he's like, uh, you know, Bo and I always said that uh, yeah. one, once he got better, we would go look at beautiful things that is like almost never mentioned again until the very end and the rest of the book is just i keep doing uh, uh, addict stuff and i keep fucking up and i keep doing all these bad things um but uh, uh i'm gonna keep going through my notes uh as, well, the as... be- beautiful things thing let me let me comment on that really quickly sure. which is that so the other time that he brings it up that i found notable in fact the one that i found more memorable uh was that he and his brother, when his brother was was starting to, you know, when his brother was dying, uh, would talk about these like really basic fundamental aspects of life that one could enjoy or experience that were aesthetically pleasing or otherwise. And they would just describe them in bulk as beautiful things. Right. Like sure. so. So when you're talking about life, you talk about. Uh, you know, sunsets and girls and you know, jerking off while you're on crack or whatever. Like you describe all those things in bulk as beautiful things and how, you know, when when you get better, we're going to enjoy all the beautiful things, um, which. Yeah, I'm not going to even fucking go on. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so um, uh, kind of immediately he uh, he does this weird demonization of other addicts. Um so uh, I'm I'm glad that when when you were talking about kind of like your takeaways from this, you brought up the bourgeoisie. Uh, uh, you know, Hunter Biden describes his family as being uh, very very middle class. They're not. Uh, they're they're yeah. You know, huge political operators. They they have all. Yeah, these he's so weird ties. about money. Uh, I yeah. think it's because he's too dumb. Like, I actually do yeah. think it's because yeah, yeah, he just no, thinks he, that. I, I think he honest. earnestly believes that he's middle yeah. class, even though he's like. 
really like insulated from from everything uh, uh, monetarily. Well, right. Uh, like, I mean, like, one of the like one is, of the is first... it, isn't it like technically true that Joe Biden was like middle class till he was eight or something? Oh, I'm sure that's sure, yeah. probably true. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's yeah. that's the but that's not... the case with a lot of uh, like older Americans, but Americans in general, but probably also everyone, which is that you you carry on the class of your parent. Right. Or mm-hmm. at least you allow yourself to believe you do. Uh, and, and it's like a it's it doesn't work in the same way as like hypo descent. Right. Like if you have one black parent, and one white parent, you can't just say that you're white, generally speaking. But if you have one rich parent, and one poor parent, sometimes you can say you're poor. Yeah. Uh, or and sometimes you can say you're rich or whatever the fuck you want. You could just decide, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though it's obviously the rich one that wins over uh, so long as they have any kind of like uh, contact with you. Uh, but the shit, I just lost it. Think about hypo descent and how weird that is. I'm stupid. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's clear that he sees himself uh, even though he's oh, very oh. well, okay. Sorry. No, it's it. I, yeah. I mean, he sees himself as being middle class, even though the first I think the first time that money is mentioned in the book is uh, is talking about how eventually you end up getting a million dollar mortgage. <laughs> right. yes, they, yeah, kind of exactly yeah. that. Uh, but, yeah, but also, he's talking about like at first you you start you you get a girlfriend and then you have to buy a car yeah. and then suddenly you have a million dollar Plast- mortgage. It's like, are you fucking serious? America. Right. Um, and and so he and he's clearly... like forty seven. So when was he buying his mortgage? It was probably right out of college, uh, more or less. Yeah, it was, it was like so uh, it was it was twenty fucking five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so twenty five years ago, buying a mortgage that was a million dollars. Fuck you, yeah. my ass. Class um, so of- so he clearly sees himself as way above this class of people who take crack, uh, even though he <laughs> is somebody who uh, uses crack. Dude, the to, way he describes lose- bicycle. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that in a, in a little bit uh, okay. as we go through my notes. But um, so so he demonizes other addicts uh, in the prologue, not not even like making it to the the actual book. Uh, uh, he he describes them as a desperate, dangerous, and lunatic uh, lunatic uh, people. Uh, uh, most most crack addicts are. Uh, and he differentiates himself from that. He says, I don't fit the, the stereotype of what a crack addict is because most crack, crack addicts are, uh, you know, desperate and dangerous and lunatics and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, so then it goes into like, uh, uh, Bo, Bo is dying from, uh, brain cancer. Uh, and then he does die. And then, uh, he, he does this thing where, where, uh, uh, because, uh, any family that's been through a crisis uh, can tell you this: that uh, when a family enters crisis, people fill in a role, right? Right. Um, somebody, you know, takes care of one thing. Somebody takes care of another thing. Somebody plans a bunch of stuff. Somebody does, you know, like uh, feeding the family, cooking that that sort of thing. Uh, he he describes this as like such a magical moment of the Biden family that that's just like inseparable from who they are as people, uh, and it's so so special and intrinsic to who the Bidens are. And it's like, no, dude, that's just every family that's been in a fucking crisis. You're not special. Um, uh, after uh, after the funeral, uh, he's driving home with his first wife, uh, Kathleen, 
and uh, he feels compelled to pull over the car and tell her that you know like he he feels a real sense of purpose now uh and 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 maybe he should go into politics and his uh, wife <laughs> his wife Kathleen who's uh seen him go through like a bunch of like uh uh addiction cycles and stuff like that is like are you fucking serious and uh, <laughs> they they basically end their their relationship on that um one one of the uh the interesting insights i got out of this was uh learning about how like biden came up uh joe biden uh came up in like the political world and uh one, one of the things that uh that he learned is um uh seeing his father uh spar with jesse helms who was also like a junior republican uh at that that point uh so so Joe Biden is a junior Democrat. Uh, Jesse Helms is a junior Republican, and they're arguing about the uh, I think it's the American uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. And uh, Jesse Helms is mm-hmm. calling it a federal overreach to like require people right. uh, uh, to require states uh, to like make their infrastructure accessible to people. You're gonna with make disabilities. motherfuckers build ramps. Yeah, you're ramps gonna make are so much more expensive than stairs. So, uh, <laughs> Biden, Biden, who still has a soul at this point, I guess. Uh, kind of calls out Jesse Helms as being like a horrible person for, uh, you know, claiming that uh, giving access to people with disabilities is like disgusting and what the fuck is wrong with you sort of things. And then he uh, he gets called in by the Senate Majority Leader at that point, uh, and the Senate Majority Leader tells his dad that you can't ever que- you can't ever question the motives of another senator. Uh, right. you know, even if they're wrong, they they all come here with the best intentions. And and what 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 is the line? It's uh you you can because I've heard Biden say this since then. It's uh you can question their methods, but not their motives. Mm-hmm. It's something like that. Yeah, something along uh, those lines. And that lines. drives me nuts. And so so that's yeah. that's like an insight. That's, that's that, the problem that I have with the Nazis is right. that they had the right motives, but their methods were a little funny. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that that does give some interesting insight into how Joe Biden actually operates, which is that he learned early in his career and didn't reject this lesson for some reason because he's a dumbass uh, that, uh, you know, everybody in in the Senate is actually a, uh, a good faith actor, even if they're wrong on something. And that's clearly not the case. Um, yeah. Before I go into the rest of my notes, I uh, I gotta do I gotta do a potty, um. So uh, let, John, let's... John, fill in the radio silence with talking because I'm gonna do the same thing and I have to grab beer. Oh. I love you. Oh, yeah, honey. no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, I don't know go cry in a corner or something. Cool. All right. Well, we'll yeah. we'll be right well, back in 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 just a moment, folks. Uh, hold on. I got I got something we can fill in the time with. We're we're not we're not. We're we're still. No one can hear us. No one can hear us. We're still live. Yeah, they they can still hear us. We're not live. I'm gonna go. Oh, good. That's what I fucking thought. That's what I assumed. Hold on. Where did this go? Hey, John. How? Uh, No. How are you? No. No, I'm I'm, fluffy. But sorry, I've got to go cry. Oh man. Oh no, I'm trapped now. What what have I done? I'm stuck doing the thing in his stead. What a terrifying uh, Grecian tragedy I live within. 
poo poo pee pee poo poo. Well, I guess I got rid of it. Anyway, hey friends, um, I've missed talking with you. I guess you know if that's what we're doing. Um, I'm gonna kill myself. Just the fact of the matter. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk uh, off of a bridge with my three hundred and seventy dollars of quarters in my pockets uh, into the ocean, which is gonna be a really long walk because I live in the Midwest right now, uh, and uh, I'm gonna drown. So everyone knows. So everyone knows that that is what's gonna happen. And if anyone tries to stop me. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> How funny is that? How funny is that? Anyway. The story goes like this. Earth is captured by a technocapital singularity as Renaissance rationalization and oceanic navigation lock into a commoditization takeoff, logistically accelerating techno-economic interactivity, crumble social order, and auto-sophisticating machine runaway. As markets learn to manufacture intelligence, politics modernizes, upgrades paranoia, and tries to get a grip. What just happened? I just blacked out for a second there. Well, I'm back at the very least. What happened? I I said I'm stupid and oh dumb. yeah, I'm gonna go pee. Like I said uh, three well, seconds ago. John's back, so uh, I guess we're rickety aging him now. Hell yeah, John! What'd you guys talk about while I was gone? Uh, I I I put myself on mute. And uh, stop my video feed, you know, so I could I could go whale and oh, lament. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How are you? Uh, how are you enjoying this book review so far? Uh, it it just you know it makes me feel stupid that I ever you know like was like oh no guys like like we shouldn't eat the rich. We should reform them, yeah. you know. No, don't, then, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you know, and then I like you know, grab a gun or a noose, and then you know, I remind myself that you know, like, oh, you no, know, no, no, you, these you, are people too. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, you, you were, you, you were basically, you're, you're almost a kid when you thought those things. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're stupid and eighteen. We should definitely eat the rich to solve world, world hunger. Yeah, you're going to get more of that uh, as, as we continue uh, with, with this review. Um, lot, lot of a uh, lot of interesting notes about this. And I mean, uh, just, just the very fact that, you know, this, this guy goes through uh, almost a decade of being in and out of rehab. Uh, can, can you imagine one person in like your, your social circle being able to do 10 years of rehab without being like, well, they, they wouldn't be able to do it in the first place. And then, like, even if they, like, managed to miraculously work the system, 
So they got access to these rehab facilities. They'd still be bankrupt for the rest of their fucking lives, right? Yeah. So when I was a fine arts major, which uh, this girl was actually very nice. However, it also made me like very, very, uh, I don't know, uh, very angry. Uh, Not at her specifically, but at society, because uh, uh, we were in our we were both fine arts majors and you know she she was uh more technically skilled than me um uh i was getting to the point where like some people were offering me money for art you know but she was actually you know she had a side hustle and you know and i was very like oh yeah good for you go girl but she just like fell off the face of the planet fucking didn't see her for fucking like a year and a half or something and when she came back, like fucking, she was working practically full time as an artist. Like she had a, a part time, like hourly job, I think, like at a marketing company, but she was actually selling like her art fucking. Uh, uh, and it was great. It was amazing suddenly. Yeah. And I come to it, it come to find out fucking uh, uh, she was like climbing you know she was out like climbing uh it looked like she was on like this extended like year and a half long vacation where she's like you know riding horses and fucking climbing fucking rocks and fucking like canoeing down a fucking river and camping and stuff but it turned out to be a rehab for rich people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that like it's even if you're a crackhead all your dreams will come true technically which is uh which is gonna be like a a major critique of this is like uh hunter supposedly writes this book to show that like hey look what uh uh hunter supposedly writes this book to show that like hey look us us addicts are people too uh despite the fact that he uh any other addict in this book is portrayed in a really negative light. Uh, he's the only yeah. good addict that's uh, ever existed. Kind of is, is what, what what ends up coming out of this. Uh, but now that uh, Danko's back, let's uh, let's continue with my notes. Um, <sighs> so uh, uh, so we talked we talked about uh, how uh, he as a as a kid sees Joe Biden learn this lesson that you don't question the motives of people in the Senate. Uh, you you question the methods, um, and then immediately after that, uh, he he invokes the name of someone like Strom Thurmond, and instead of saying <laughs> something like Strom Thurmond, known KKK member uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, extreme racist, he says uh, uh, it's like a uh, a, a rock uh, ribbed Republican is what he says. Yeah. Well, he spoke um, at his funeral, didn't he? Like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, famously, yeah. Joe Biden uh, at at Strom Thurmond's funeral calls Strom Thurmond a great friend. Uh, Strom Thurmond again, for all intents and purposes, a a Ku Klux Klan member. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, everyone on Theorygram is a racist, and I'm going to speak at all of their funerals. Yeah, fair enough, uh, including mine. Um, yeah, I'm the worst kind of racist. You are. You hate white people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of fetishization of the black community mm-hmm. that goes on, especially like the Delaware, uh, uh Delawarean. Is that uh, who cares? They're not people. Yeah. Uh, the Delawarean. De- Delaware is actually just a credit, uh, uh, 
construct. Um, but uh, uh, he, he talks about how like he loved going to black churches because he got to shake hands with black people. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, um, and that, yeah. that's literally as far as he goes. He doesn't say like, I really admired the way that the black people took, you know, like the struggles uh, of, you know, their history in America and stuff like No, it's, it's literally it like, it was cool to hang out with black people. Well, um, I mean, the, the I have fun at the thing. zoo. <laughs> Kinda, <laughs> the yeah, second exactly. funniest thing he yeah. says in the book, though, uh, is that he... <laughs> He he in uh, in college modeled himself after the liberation theologist that got murdered in San Salvador. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he he actually does say exactly that. That, so, that was one of my notes. I mean, he loves he fuck he loves minorities, and yeah. he is one. Uh, He's just. I really want him to describe to describe to me what liberation theology is. Mm-hmm. It's not even complex, but I don't think he'd be able no, to no, do no. it. He, he he could not. Uh, yeah. uh, Danko, real quick, uh, if you could move closer to your microphone or, or turn yourself up or something, you, you got a little hey. bit quiet. Yeah. Fuck you. There you go. That's, that's much to, better. Tell me how to fucking deep throat a mic. I, I will. Oh, uh, sometimes you got to put it all the way back there and you got you to hit your the mic. Your yeah. mic. Yep. Mike Deeves. That's the um, joke. <sighs> So uh, when he when he uh, talks about the effects of like his addiction early on, and God, also, we're not done with this fucking book. Yeah, no, uh, we we have so much more to go through. Uh, I only I, I I'm 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 reaching like the uh, the I, I've got a page and a half of this, and uh, we're we're almost at the end of the first page. Um, but uh, he 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 delivers this amazing line, uh, which is that like he's always felt this thing missing inside of him. And uh, he 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 devotes an entire line to, I've always felt alone in a crowd. Um, <laughs> That's so deep, dude. Yeah. I'm a bit shy. Listen, I don't know, L- for literally, sure. what I wrote down was in quotation marks, I always felt alone in a crowd, and then outside of quotation marks, I put, "Wow, deep." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, at, at the I age can't of believe 18, they got John Darnell to write this entire book. <laughs> that that would be amazing. It would be really good. He has written books, you know that, right? I, I did I did not know that. One of them is about mail order D D. That's less amazing, but it's good. It I'll, is good. I'll, I'll keep it on the table for uh for if I, <laughs> I reach a reading slump. Um so uh he gets busted for Coke at 18. And uh instead of going to jail like 99.9999999 this goes on forever percent uh and 110% of black people yeah <laughs> 99.999% of white people and 110% of black people uh mysteriously and he doesn't think this has anything to do with his father mysteriously he gets like uh this this deal where uh you know instead he can go to like this this bullshit like uh uh rehabilitation thing instead of going to prison and uh he he never really explores it any further um and then and then immediately uh after that um oh 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 so so yeah uh he, he also talks about uh uh he, he he talks about so Bo is like formulating his real political career at this point and uh <laughs> Bo, Bo's like big 
uh th- this is a couple years after he gets busted at 18 uh bo's like big like a uh, dilemma is do i run for senator uh uh, in my father's footsteps, or do I make myself my own man and run for governor? And he treats this as like as like a normal decision that a family would make, as if like <laughs> this is uh just like regular family business. Somebody deciding between one intensely powerful seat or another intensely powerful seat, and he keeps describing himself and his family this entire time as just like regular folk like you and I, more or less. Um, Should I have been an electrician or a plumber? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's treated with the same deference as like, uh, what what trade should I go into? Uh, should I be a senator or a, a and federal senator not state senator federal senator or uh, or governor of a state um then then he goes on to uh burisma which uh, uh, uh i keep forgetting about that chapter even though it's the most obvious one yeah so that brings us to our first link after the nancy pelosi Thank God, we're moving on When Trump was president, and and during the uh, the 2020 election, Trump made a bunch of hay out of uh, whether or not Hunter Biden was like a corrupt person, uh, and it's and it's really like a a pot calling the kettle black sort of situation, uh, where you know Trump is of course hugely corrupt in his own uh, administration. Uh, and his children are directly benefiting from all this corruption. Um, but then, you know, he, he sort of latches on to Hunter Biden and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the shit libs, of course, uh, take this as, oh, he's just making up a bunch of shit to, to detract from his own corruption sort of stuff. Uh, and, and the further away we get from that, the the closer we get to Hey, wait, uh, no, it might be that uh, that uh, Hunter Biden was actually extremely uh, uh, corrupt in this situation and uh, has a history of political corruption uh, because he's a crack addict with a vice president and then president father. Um, so he's like an easy target. It, you know, uh, John, John, as you know, uh, when when we have to do like uh, security clearance background checks and stuff like that. Uh, they look into like whether or not we're like fucked up, whether or not we have a bunch of debts, whether or not we're like uh, uh, people who are compromised in some way uh, that that can be manipulated into like uh, 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 doing bad things for other agencies, right? Um, oh yeah, uh, like uh, you you remember? Uh, I I guess I don't want to like out her on the on the air. Uh, yeah, but, don't do uh, that. You, you you remember uh uh oh wait no 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 she was never in our unit i just uh i was in like uh we both this this was a a girl that uh i joined uh out out of colleen actually we shipped off on the same day happened to be in the same mos fucking went through training together and all that fucking bullshit yeah fucking uh when we were in mos school you remember the process of getting your clearance mm-hmm. you remember how like fucking uh 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 
uh, investigators, uh, some people, even FBI agents fucking would take them out of class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, she she apparently has a very fucking obscure, distant blood relation to uh, uh, middling management, technically leaders in Boko Haram and right. whatever Boko Haram was before it was Boko Haram. And she got grilled for months because she was in she was within a hundred miles of where one of those family members lived mm-hmm. when she was fourteen months old. So that that's how so, you get uh, that's how you get treated as a, as a rank and file person in the yeah. uh, American security construct. And then you have Hunter Biden, who uh, at this point it's publicly known that he has a crack addiction. Uh, uh, being allowed to like run international uh, politics to some degree, uh, being on the board of uh, Burisma, this incredibly corrupt, and uh, he he uh, kind of hand waves it away like I did all of the due diligence I could possibly do as a person, <laughs> and then it turns out that Russia's uh, horrible tendrils still reached into Burisma in Ukraine, and it's like, no, that's that's well, not claim- the story that's there, man. Right. <laughs> go, his, go his claim is that just Russia. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I was. Uh, but uh, his his claim was fundamentally that that Russia's tendrils are already everywhere. Right. Yeah. And so it's even more paranoid and bizarre. That, uh, that's, but a, that's exactly I, what I wrote down. <laughs> I, Burisma is just him being a v- victim of Russian corruption. Go on. Right. Uh, but, but, but I was, uh, I was remembering a, a buddy of mine from high school. Uh, he, uh, he was getting a, uh, a clearance in the Navy doing something who fucking knows. Uh, but uh, I, I got pulled out of my home by an FBI agent and we ended up sitting around and she was well, asking me all sorts dicks. of questions. <laughs> it was right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure some gay shit was on there. Um, no, no, but, without a doubt, because the, because they they thought that yeah. like gay people were compromised for a long time, <laughs> right? But yeah. but the the simple oh. answer that I found that worked really well, and probably because you know, I don't know, it, she was too busy, and and also because I'm uh, you know a, a big old white guy, um, was just every time she asked about something problematic, instead of lying in an obvious way, I would just say, no, that was more of my thing. i'm the maniac i'm I'm the one you shouldn't give a security clearance did he ever use hard drugs no that was more of my thing (laughs) did 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 he did he get his clearance he did he did oh okay no he's good to go no Um, even though he's an asshole and stupid and shouldn't have but you know yeah uh, i did it i have the clearance now there was a there was a guy in my class in MOS school who uh, got reclassified because his grandfather, who he knew his grandfather growing up his entire life, uh, his grandfather was a, not even, he, he was, because uh, he was of Russian descent. Uh, his family moved to America back in like the 50s. Fucking, uh, but it turns out, which he didn't know, fucking, uh, I, don't even think that his his dad knew 
that his grandfather was not even KGB, but just normal fucking vanilla Russian military intelligence. Mm. And he, they disqualified him from getting a secret clearance. Yeah. Hell yeah. Just, and just also because a, he a family one time. <laughs> well, and didn't even know that person. Like yeah. it, it, like now, now a family secret fucking has been exposed. Yeah. Oh, um, and, and and his his grandfather was a defector, so his grandfather actually helped the United States. Of course. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Still, <laughs> you, you you still have the legacy of uh, being being tied to the dreaded communism. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> was he a Nazi? Because that would have been okay. Yeah. I, I think we've, that they, we've they, actually got a research position for him if he is a Nazi. I think that they used to uh, disqualify uh, gay people from having clearances because, uh, and it's still on the books. They just exclude homosexuality now. Uh, sex addiction. Yeah. Which exactly. is, yeah, which someone is, can suck the life out of you, suck the yeah, secrets out of your cock. Which, from what I understand, is like not like it is a diagnosis, but is it a diagnosis? <laughs> Well, I mean, though, so though. so let, let me let me clarify as someone with a sex addiction that it is not real. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me uh, let me clarify as somebody who's looked into this kind of thing. Uh, the the reason that uh, uh, homosexuality was like problematic to security clearances uh, is is actually because uh, America is such a fucked up place that being homosexual would like be uh, like like if you were revealed as a homosexual that was compromising information about you, right? So the very fact that America was so homophobic meant that you couldn't like properly be a homosexual in the CIA or or any other like intelligence apparatus uh, uh, sort of role uh, because uh, if it came out that you were gay, they could use that against you because <laughs> if, if Russians found out you were gay, and they revealed to your family that you were gay, your family would hate you, and that would be a way to, like, <laughs> like, like make you comply with Russia's, uh, you know, uh, uh, intelligence agency or whatever. So, so it's like one of those things where you're, like, stepping on the rake and then blaming the ground for, for giving the rake the support it needed uh, to, to smack you in the face. Um, <laughs> So let's scroll oh, down yeah. this link that we have here uh, just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> because all of the allegations about Hunter Biden kind of like being a corrupt individual came out during the Trump years, uh, liberals especially were just like, we're not even going to talk about this. How dare you uh, uh, bring up, uh, uh, you know, cherished Democratic person, uh, Joe Biden's son, uh in in the context of corruption during trump the most corrupt president ever really not actually uh <laughs> kind of like rank and file corruption that he just was like honest about because he doesn't know what to fucking like not say um so uh uh this article starts out recognizing this during the presidential campaign liberals had plenty of reason to tune out the hunter biden story for one it was being pushed by donald trump whose administration was awash in ethics scandals of its own and who failed to make a convincing case that hunter biden's work for ukrainian energy company uh for a ukrainian energy company influences father's actions as vice president it was unclear 
what to make of the alleged leak of material from Hunter Biden's laptop, especially after social media companies moved to restrict access to the story and a bevy of former U.S. intelligence officials dismissed it as likely Russian disinformation. We know now that like a lot of stuff that came off of uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, and I can tell you as somebody who's read Hunter Biden's memoir now, uh, that Hunter Biden just had all these fucking electronics floating around that he had no control yeah. over because he was always whacked <laughs> out on crack. And, uh, and like people were stealing his, his shit all the time. And so <laughs> it's, it's comp- like the batshit crazy story that comes out where some weirdo lunatic delivers Hunter Biden's old laptop to Rudy Giuliani actually makes a lot of sense if you read Hunter oh, yeah. Biden's memoir because Hunter Biden was not aware of where he was most of the time and had all these electronics laying around that he didn't have passwords on that he was sending uh, emails to like hey where can I get some hard uh, this is not me asking for crack I'm asking for hard <laughs> wink wink uh, sort of stuff uh, yeah like all, all of this stuff is probably legitimate to a degree and uh, uh Especially like the laptop that, you know, Rudy Giuliani is, of course, a clown person uh, who we should not <laughs> take seriously. But uh, uh, because he's like a prominent clown person, somebody found Hunter Biden's laptop, gave it to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani being a clown person doesn't know how to like process this other than like, uh, Mr. Trump, we've got the fucking holy grail of, of shit. And, uh, uh, you know, it all spirals out of control from there. But a lot of this information on this laptop is is legitimate, and uh, and it's because Hunter Biden is such a train wreck at this point that he's just letting everything slip out all the time. Um, Danko, I think I think you were trying to say something, and I'm sorry uh, for stepping all over you. No, I'm stupid. Oh. Uh, I don't remember. But also, hard isn't like a super unusual thing to call crack. No, no, no. Yeah, which is what I'm saying is like he's using the most basic term you can to to find crack. We could just ask for crack, right? That would be. It it would be no different. Uh, He 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 could potentially be arrested all the same if he asked the wrong person. Yeah. Uh, Like, hey, bro, I'm looking for hard, and all the cops would have to do is like go to court and be like, "Uh, hard is actually a slang term for crack, and then he would go to jail. No, Um, but I actually wanted hard ass cock. Right. This is a sex addiction thing. Uh so so uh one one of the things that uh, like Hunter Biden is uh supposedly completely sober now. Um and and he's making no. art. And uh, uh because he he's such a prominent artist with such an established body of work. Mm-hmm. Uh that was sarcasm if anybody didn't pick mm-hmm. up on that uh he's not an established artist he has no like body of work except for what he's just like recently created he's selling all of his paintings for half a million dollars and people have rightly like kind of uh uh raised some red flags on that because uh he's promising like complete anonymity to anybody who buys his paintings <laughs> you can't do that as somebody who was a president's son because kind of what's implicitly happening here is you're buying Hunter Biden's shitty art. Uh, you could view this as an NFT to a certain degree. You're buying the shitty fucking art that Hunter Biden's made as not an established artist, 
somebody who doesn't even have like a brain for like creating some kind of abstract concept um uh beyond like i threw paint on the wall and i thought it looked neat so i cut that out and i put it on a canvas sort of thing uh uh you can kind of implicitly view this as uh hunter biden is just like selling his influence over the president i'm a performance artist and my art is a handshake right <laughs> yeah and, and that's kind of what, what it comes down to yeah. uh and so you know if 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 you're if you're like maybe not so inclined to view this as paranoidly as i do uh let's go ahead and go on to and that's what art is i mean art is this dishonest like money laundering scheme anyway generally speaking so yeah it's already kind of a way for rich people to do a dishonest thing. So it's not that far off from being like, no, no, no it's not that far off. Hey, but, Hunter. But I want to be accommodating <laughs> to people who are maybe not as quite uh, paranoid just, about I'm, this. I, I'm, I'm the lube right now. I'm, I'm lubing them up. I'm getting all slippery <laughs> so, around their uh, dongs and pussies. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, this article from, from when uh, Joe Biden became a, uh, uh, a front runner in the democratic, uh, uh, primary um you know uh it's from zephyr Teachout, who who's like a pretty decent uh progressive person who ran for politics a couple of times and never made it uh because she uh you know wasn't a sellout basically <laughs> uh but uh middle class joe biden has a corruption problem and it makes him a weak candidate uh th this was a correct view of biden 2020 uh, and we can go down to the body of the article. Um, <clears throat> uh, so uh, Joe Biden has taken a bunch of uh, contributions from corporate donors, all these other sort of things. He 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 kind of works the system in a way that like financially benefits him quite a lot. Uh, and and this is not something people don't know about Joe Biden. It's very similar to uh, Nancy Pelosi. They they both come from this kind of same school of politics where, uh, you know, you, you make some meager concessions for working class folks. Uh, you, you, you at least, you know, uh, take take a knee wearing kente cloth uh, for for race issues, that sort of thing. But primarily what you're interested in is uh, creating all these like corporate relationships that end up making you money. Uh, go ahead and scroll down just a little bit more. That it goes into some specifics here. Uh, so first, Biden's support for finance over working class Americans. His career was bankrolled by the credit card industry. He delivered for it by spearheading a bankruptcy bill that made it harder for Americans to reduce their debts and helped cause the financial crisis. He not only authored and voted for that bill. He split with Barack Obama and led the battle to vote down uh, down Democratic amendments. Um, so he, he made sure that the Democrats didn't like take too much away from this bill that was uh, exclusively made to like hurt poor people. Uh, his explanations for carrying water for the credit card industry have changed over time. They have never rung true. The simplest explanation is the most likely. He did it for his donors at a fundraiser last year. Biden promises Wall Street donors that Nothing would fundamentally change for them if he became president. Uh, now the financial world is raising huge money for his campaign. It clearly thinks he's going to be its friend if elected. Most Americans who get ripped off by their by the financial se sector on a daily basis aren't looking for a candidate who has made their life harder. 
so so Biden was always kind of like a plant, essentially. Uh, second on healthcare on 25 April, the day he announced his campaign, Biden went straight to a fundraiser co-hosted by the chief executive of major health insurance corporation. He refuses to sign a pledge to reject money from insurance and pharma execs and continues to raise money from healthcare industry donors. His campaign is being bankrolled by a super PAC run by healthcare lobbyists. Uh, so, and then the, uh, the third one there, third climate change. Biden signed a pledge not to take money from the fossil fuel industry, then broke his promise. Right after a CNN town hall on climate change, he held a fundraiser hosted by the founder of a fossil fuel conglomerate. He is pushing climate policy that has gotten dismissed, dis dismal reviews from several leading environmental groups. Um, so basically, uh, uh, as I always say on the Instagram, Joe Biden's uh, like progressive uh, candidacy was always a fucking lie. And it was clear from the very beginning it was a lie. Uh, this is not a family that is averse to corruption almost in the same vein as Trump, but not so blatantly, uh, you know, upfront about what kind of corruption they're committing. They're, they're polite about it. They're polite about it. It is exactly what, like, kind of wins liberals over to Joe Biden over Trump, even though, like, kind of functionally, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Um, so, uh, Hunter Biden, uh, at this sorry, point, I was book, muted. Can I interrupt you really quick? I'm oh, sorry. Sure, go ahead. Um, but no, about that politeness thing, I, I think there's something really important to point out there, which is that it has to do with a certain way that liberals and conservatives, actually conservatives leave it just ex as extremely in a different way. Um, that the way that you make political decisions is through like a market alternative, right? So either you're burning your Nike sneakers because they supported someone that was kneeling or, you know, you buy green products or, or whatever the fuck. And so it, it boils down to aesthetics, right? Mm -hmm. it, it boils down to what will I be perceived as purchasing, but also what will my purchasing power be placed towards and I hear a lot of people who are otherwise relatively cynical talking about how electoral politics and things like that are ineffective. And yet uh, your your ability to, like, vote with your dollar is not or, or, or is effective. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's insane in a certain way, because, like, in a theoretical sense, sure, it should be effective. But the fact is that I hate Amazon so deeply uh, and I just got a printer and like six books delivered by them. <laughs> I'm simply not going to stop. Uh, and I know some people will, but some most people won't. Won't. And and the way that this connects into you know again to kind of loop it back into this into this politics of uh, of like politeness is that my response to the market will be to simply say well you know i'm above it i won't i won't touch that versus the conservatives which will be like i'm gonna take all of my razors and shoes and i'm gonna burn them in a fucking <laughs> out in the front of my fucking house and then i'm gonna kill myself and i'm gonna do it all because someone i don't know let someone suck a dick yeah. Know, it's it drives me nuts and we should be more like that we should we yeah. should be more like that no, no, no. I, I was gonna say uh, maybe, uh, like, maybe like, not like, with consumerist politics but just with politics in general 
Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, I, I was gonna say like like the the only rational response to all this stuff, and and something that I preach regularly uh, on the Instagram story is like find ways that you can disengage with this entire system and and like earnestly pursue them uh you know i'm, I'm not going to begrudge anybody for uh making some like economic choices like look i need work boots so i'm going to order them from the cheapest place i can find uh but you know keep making those decisions in such a way that you can like wean yourself away from 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 the system that like kind of just crushes everything into like a, a gross paste that's used to, uh, to to grease the wheels of capitalism um it's it's a long project and and it does require uh i think a genuine earnest uh long-term planning where you where you do have to make some like short-term shitty decisions uh but uh joe biden is not like one of them <laughs> so yeah. um so uh let's see going through my notes uh so yeah uh so so uh at a certain point in the Burisma uh chapter uh Hunter Biden admits that that he's gotten a lot of like handouts essentially or a lot of like positions uh that he wouldn't have normally gotten because his last name is Biden and because everybody knows right. that he's Joe Biden's son uh but but what he says uh about this is not that like hey i'm very lucky and fortunate to have this last name uh and and you know let's leave it at that uh what he says is uh it's actually made him work harder because uh because you know he he's tried to escape the biden last name in terms of like just being like uh you know a product yeah. of nepotism uh he's not he's not willing to accept that uh he might get a position because of nepotism but what really happens is that he actually works harder because he wants to like give the appearance that that he's not just uh the the son of a senator vice president president uh he's actually his own hard individualist worker um well that's what you hear every time it's yeah, it's yeah, this which is complete yeah. fucking bullshit Everybody yeah. works super hard, uh, and rich people never work hard. And no person could go through like, uh, I don't know, ten years of like going back and forth between uh, rehabilitation clinics and uh, and work and make millions of dollars a year. Right. And but there, there's also and and not to not to become too friendly to the the bourgeois here, but. There is, I think, something to this idea behind like uh, fractal insecurity, essentially, or like fractal precarity or whatever, in in the sense that if you during the periods of my life, I've certainly been the most stressed when I couldn't do things like fucking eat. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Like that's the that is the worst moment. That is the worst. Uh, but once you have some really fundamental things covered and like you can eat, but it's stressful to make your way there, but you can still do it at a certain point, the stress ends up becoming pretty similar to any kind of stress that you end up experiencing up or on the totem pole. Right. Because, because people get used to things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and people, their, their bodies and their homeostatic like principles are all ultimately based in such a way that, you know, if you've 
if you were born into a circumstance where you've only known extraordinary privilege, your body is going to, you know, adjust in such a way that, oh my God, I pricked my little pinky toe. And that's going to like cause you extraordinary torment. I mean, it probably won't, but you, you get the metaphor. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, am not terribly sympathetic to that. Uh, but I think it is uh, an important thing to consider when talking about a lot of these folks, right? Because, because it, it again, like that Wall Steve thing, Wall Stevens thing that I point out all the time, which, which this whole like uh, metaphors, the important part of them is they're not true, kind of thing, uh, is that you know these people do believe or believe that they believe these things a lot of the time yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot no, of them are no, just cynical it, assholes it, it, but yeah like yeah. A, so that's my bourgeoisie yeah. fiction of like a struggle right um, right and and right. and and uh, you know just as much as people constantly cite things like harry potter or whatever uh you know they, these people do ultimately believe in like their fiction of like wow i i can't believe how difficult it was for me to deal with this uh, addiction and hunter biden is speaking uh, you know on his addiction after like 25 years of being an addict yeah where and most- imagine being the most privileged person in the world followed by being a crack addict like that <laughs> must actually be pretty hard <laughs> that must be really weird <laughs> it, it must be really weird but at the same time it's like uh, how many addicts make it through 25 years of addiction not very yeah. many and right. definitely definitely most of them do not uh do not have the privilege of going to like rehab clinics all the time uh for for you know months on end uh and still being able to like pay their bills not walking out of there as like homeless people indebted for the rest of their lives or anything like that like this is all just like a, a bourgeoisie uh experience of like oh i had to deal with poor people problems and the poor person <laughs> problem is that i can't control myself uh, right and and so you know this this uh this goes into one one of the last like really major critiques i have about this as as kind of like being deranged in a lot of ways uh which which is this quote uh w- when he's talking about like being in like one of the heights of his addiction um so uh, you know he he he's trying to find crack all the time, and th- and this is uh, I wrote it down word for word. This quote from him: uh, "Walking into a park in a high crime neighborhood was no different than playing Russian roulette oh, with yeah. two shells in the chamber. Or in some places it was like yeah. playing with five shells. Holy and I was shit! Still willing to spin the what chamber the again and again. Okay, yeah, that blew my fucking mind when I read that. So." lore uh i uh surprise unlike everyone else on this podcast have addiction problems oh that's that's interesting would you write, like cr- to write a book about it it's crazy yeah. right but <laughs> but but the thing is that uh, i don't fucking know dude like there are there are sketchy neighborhoods and there are less sketchy neighborhoods yeah. and there are really nice that's neighborhoods no. But the thing is that I I don't fucking know, man. Like, I've I've bought drugs in Barrio Logan in San Diego and felt nothing. Like, it's so, just it's so, a neighborhood full of people. That, like, I don't know. It's like here's the I point know. I would like to make out of that. 
is he is someone who is addicted to a drug that he sees as a byproduct of the seedy places he doesn't want to exist in because he's too good. Well, he's him. a Bukowski fan, so he in, in, he he's connecting the drug and the experience, uh, like yeah. the location. He's sure. connecting all these things so much. He's just like he's he's having fun with it. Is the thing that's yeah. what's happening here for for him is that he's he's like his experience of these locations and these places is like him writing a book, at least in the circumstance of the book being written, which is, which is why one of the reasons I'm convinced it was written by a, a a a ghostwriter. Well, I mean, it's obvious in a thousand ways, but, but the, because the difference between him and any other addict writing uh, is that he doesn't include any of the fucking fun shit he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no joy in it. Refers to it as we did a bunch of demented, deranged stuff. Yeah, he talks about how good drugs feel. He does focus a bit on how good coke feels or crack or you know, uh, coke feels. Um, But but otherwise, like, are there any instances of him like telling a joyful story about like them fucking like running through a backyard or fucking? something yeah no, i don't think there well, is anything it's like like there's this a... like this like fucked up crazy shit that like drug addicts supposedly do like it seems like the actually crazy stuff seems to be like what rich drug addicts do yeah, yeah. like i've met tons of drug addicts and fucking they just go home and fucking get high right yeah yeah no and, like, and <laughs> biden uh for for like two or three years straight is uh Hunter Biden uh, is is but like even then, hanging I, out in hotels, throwing lavish parties, smoking. Uh, or, but he doesn't or even have stories about the parties, really. Like he just doesn't have yeah. stories. No, he no, he no. doesn't, because which is he, why he, the ghostwriter well, had to have yeah, done he, it. Because well, like, yeah, he doesn't. Well, if if there are crazy stories, he wouldn't want to like actually incriminate himself. I guess. And, and I that's, guess so. That's why, but like, all of these I, like leaks about him are probably true like, like he, he even alludes to them saying like some of these leaks some real and some doctored he doesn't say like which ones are real and which ones are doctored <laughs> and the reality is that it's probably all just like fucking real him being in the deprivation <laughs> tank uh smoking crack while, while drinking a, a fucking uh energy drink real right it's gotta be real. like it's yeah it's yeah. obvious he's had incredible stories, yeah. but but also you know, crack, know crackheads like... invented deprivation tanks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially the poor ones. Um, Definitely, but there's e- even even someone who only like buys, you know, let's say a drug that that makes you like a, just some kind of downer heroin right the drug that makes you fucking nap right even someone who goes back to their fucking room and does a bunch of heroin and falls asleep has some kind of stories about taking heroin and falling asleep (laughs) or some way of describing that in a way that's notable because this this is a crazy you know i'm going to blow everyone's mind here but the point of writing anything because everything is a fiction non-fiction or not right the the point of writing anything autobiographical is to point out notable subjectivities 
right? And what a drug does, the reason that fucking drugs are so addictive outside of all the scientism and fucking it like, you know, causes reuptake to be inhibited or whatever the fuck uh, is the simple fact that when you take a drug, things become notable. Sensations become notable. Experiences become notable. The world becomes a place that is worth living in because it's notable. It's not a boring, shitty fucking asshole place anymore. It's a place that's full of, you know, good feelings and, and, and things that you notice. And so if you're going to write a fucking book about that yourself, it's going to include some of that probably, but yeah, I'm, I'm fucking raving at this point, but no, I get it. Um, uh, I ordered a salad. Good for you, man. Thanks, pal. So, I feel uh, really yeah, proud that, about that's it. Really, kind of all I had on on, on the Hunter Biden. Uh, uh, Good night. Review. Take my no, medicine. No, Take dad's no, too. No, 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 sir. We are not done yet. Uh, so, uh, uh, Hunter Biden glosses over like the Burisma thing. Uh, liberals in general like to uh, just play down uh, whether and and you know uh, the first article we looked at on this uh, laid it out pretty clearly. All these allegations came out during the Trump era, which uh, you know made people go like, "Well, Trump's just making stuff up." There's no way Hunter Biden, son of beloved Democratic uh, <laughs> senator uh, and vice president Joe Biden, could be a corrupt piece of shit. Well, no, that's that's actually untrue. Um, this article right here, uh, Hunter Biden reportedly, uh, uh, reportedly, reportedly sought over $2 million uh, to help unfreeze Libya assets. And uh, this is when uh, uh, Joe Biden is vice president. And basically, uh, these people trying to unfreeze these assets in Libya directly approach Hunter Biden and say, look, we'll give you money if you talk to your dad about unfreezing these assets. Is that not like a corrupt backdoor way of dealing with politics? Uh, Of course it is. Um, is this the only good way of telling the difference between Republicans and liberals now is or Republicans and Democrats now is is whether or not they engaged heavily with Libya or just talked about it? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go, go to the go to the next link, uh, because we talked about her briefly, but um, yeah, reload that shit. Uh, so this is from the <laughs> Daily Mail. So we have to take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, we we uh, we we can. Uh, kind of definitely prove that what a, a lot of Hunter Biden's book is saying is bullshit. Um, the Daily Mail supposedly tracks down the homeless crack addict that he uh, takes in as like a roommate. And uh, she says that that, that that entire story is bullshit. Um, go ahead and scroll down to, to the screenshots of their texts together. Uh, a little bit further down, a little bit further down. This is a picture of Hunter Biden. That's a picture of the uh, the supposed crack addict uh, with their face blurred out, thankfully. And th- and here we have a uh, is that bicycle? Yeah, this this is bicycle. Uh, this this is uh, supposedly bicycle. Uh, but uh, she she calls the entire story of him taking her in as as like a roommate complete bullshit. Uh, and that Hunter was always just like trying to get crack out of her 
And whenever she couldn't get him crack, uh, he was a piece of shit to her, which actually lines up with a lot more of his characteristics than uh, than his book. I mean, it sounds like a crack thing. It sounds like crack. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but but also let me let me point out one the funniest thing about bicycle in this whole thing, uh, which is which is sad to say this because again, this is a book about your family dying in crack addiction, right? but the the funniest thing about bicycle is that when he introduces her in the book he's like if you've ever driven around dc you know exactly who bicycle is by the way i'm not gonna dox that bitch (laughs) i'm not gonna doctor uh and that's part of her complaint and why and why she talked to the daily oh really (laughs) apparently uh you know because of how much like information he gave about her uh her employer her actual like real employer found out who she was and fired her uh for being oh come on you're working with hunter biden's like ex-drug friend you gotta keep him on board i i don't care how bad their performance was i don't care if they were like stabbing customers when they walked in the door i would keep her on board to listen to stories yeah no me too (laughs) but uh we're, we're not in charge of businesses like that so uh, you know, maybe that says something about society. Uh, but, maybe that but, says something about us. Maybe yeah. we should become cool. Uh, so uh, scroll scroll down to that screenshot, John. Um, and this is uh, this is apparently uh, screenshots of their text together. Uh, that that bicycle slash Rhea shared uh with the Daily Mail, and uh, and uh. You know her her like initial complaint is like I didn't know that he was gonna like write an entire chapter about being cool with me, um. So uh, uh, she's on the left, and uh, Hunter Biden is on the right here uh, in the text messages, and uh, on the left here it's uh, what did you say? Look, I didn't hear you the last time. Please call me, please. Look, I'm at the district hotel now. Please call me, please call. Uh, she's desperate, obviously. Uh, can I have a code, please? You, you could have heard me out. And then uh, Hunter Biden replies with, no, I can't, asshole. And then she replies with, can I have some help, please? Good morning. Can please have some help? Do I, 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 I do have other things to take care of. Please, hello, please call me, please call me, please call me, uh, et cetera. Hello, hello, hello. I'm waiting, hello. And uh, Hunter Biden replies. <laughs> Uh, I, I think he replied with like her her real name or something, um, oh. and then uh, she replies with, "They telling me I can't use that. I need another another one. Please send me uh, a bunch of emojis. Hello, uh, all this investment you putting into me. All I can say, I'm going to prove to you it was worth it. I told you someone's going to actually pay a, for a place for me. Panhandling it is getting real hard now." I'll give you my word. If I bother you before the end of September, you can block my number, and that's my word. And uh, Hunter Biden just replies with "Shut up." <laughs> uh, so uh, you know this this entire uh, saga of him like being this this uh, angel that came into uh, Bicycle slash Rhea's life and uh, like gave her a place to stay, and you know the, despite the fact that their relationship was tragic because of it both crack addicts and and you know they were both enabling each other to a degree but they were both fulfilling needs for each other uh it's all complete bullshit and um you know 
yeah, this is, this isn't coming from a great source, but uh, as as far as like all the other things that Hunter Biden says in his book, and and then like the the real reporting on everything that he's done is concerned, this is more probable than whatever Hunter Biden is saying in his book. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and go to the next link. Uh, Hunter Biden fathered child with woman while dating his brother's widow DNS DNA test reveals uh, really just kind of need the headline there. This is from a legitimate news source. Uh, this is actually something that he addresses in the book, uh, which is where he, uh, the way he addresses it is by saying, I had no idea what was going on with this woman who accused me of uh, fathering her child in 2018 because i didn't even know where i was at that point and it's like well yeah you were fucking somebody uh high on crack um and uh <laughs> now, now she uh deserves child support so get on you bud uh you fucked up um next link hunter biden urged brother's widow to get tested for hiv during their affair uh, because he was fucking around so much and doing insane garbage that, uh, you know, Allie, his, uh, his, his brother, who he reveres almost as a god tr- through this entire book. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the widow of, of the brother, right? Um, uh, uh, he starts banging her and uh, uh, then he has to tell her to get an HIV test because uh, he's fucked around so much with unscrupulous people that he's worried that they might have HIV now. Um, Go ahead and go to the next link. And then, uh, you know, uh, the, the entire like picture that, that, that Hunter paints about all, like all of his breakups and, and uh, his, his like uh, relationship failings and stuff like that. It's always like, oh yeah, we just we had to part our separate ways and it was very peaceful, but you know, like very sad and etc. Uh no, this this guy is somebody who's uh like made serious threats on all of his exes, uh threatened threatened them like uh not even just like with physical <laughs> violence, but also like uh legal action and stuff like that. Um uh Hallie uh the 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 widow of his brother uh when when they're dating uh ends up being concerned about his life because he's got a gun in his car and uh uh takes the gun out of his unlocked vehicle and like throws it away and uh hunter like fucking rages at her because why did you fucking take that from me sort of shit um so so this guy's book is complete fucking bullshit on top of like even if you believe the platitudes he gives in it, it's already bl- bullshit. Uh, like it's just like bullshit on top of bullshit. Uh, also, again, not not to rage too hard against uh, the way that headlines are written. I, I know I always do this, but uh, instead of it saying Hunter Biden raged at sister-in-law turned lover Hallie, uh, it should said. It should said it should say Hunter Biden raged at sister-in-law stuck in uh, in washing machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, so, so we we have a Jordan Peterson clip to get to uh, real quick. 
And by Yay. real quick, I mean it. Uh, we we had to watch twelve minutes and thirty seconds of this. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself, and then I'm gonna interrupt in forty five seconds. Great, you do that. I'm gonna go to the restroom. John, go ahead and start the video. Are in the midst of a culture war, although it started in the universities, particularly in France. <laughs> through the open portal of the damnable Yale, and then into the rest of the institutes of higher education. It is not only the faculty and administrators of our colleges I'm and sorry, universities really who are at fault. <laughs> Did I misunderstand? Oh, was he calling Yale the portal from France to America? Or was I, he saying that I guess so. Yale was where this began, but it also began in France? I... I, I don't know. Because I figured like the Ecole de Sociology or whatever the fuck would probably be. It doesn't matter. Sorry, go on. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> Those charged with the privilege and responsibility of running the corporate world are lining up to kowtow at the D.I.E. altar. Diversity, inclusivity, and equity at a rate that exceeds and with a cowardice comparable to that characterizing the most contemptible of pencil-necked academics. <laughs> I had hoped that... Uh... He, he, he's he's uh, making fun of pencil-necked academics. Dude, I mean... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, the most I... contemptible of pencil-necked academics. <laughs> I, it, I don't believe that Jordan Peterson has hit puberty yet. No, no, I he just, certainly hasn't. I mean, there was there was that period. It was a psyop that they were playing on us, where they like glued a bunch of someone's like not not even pubes, like someone who keeps their their dick and balls pretty fresh, like whatever <laughs> whatever comes off of that like glued it onto his face and uh and like decided he had a, he had a beard you know um, yeah and i think that's the the greatest exemplification of his gender dichotomy as far as i'm aware <laughs> um but yeah i mean manly man i mean oh shit whoops so do you think that uh that the we didn't the, do it mike we got a minute in <laughs> yeah i knew it <laughs> So have uh, have uh, have the benzos finally worn off, or is he back on the benzos? Oh no, he's he's fully back on the benzos. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at his eyes from from now here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, his what you really need are to look pretty for, dilated. What what you really need to look for is how he starts reading things later on, which uh, uh, it gets really like actually genuinely unhinged. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, which could be uh, withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't say withdrawal symptoms, but like uh, just like generally being fucked up and out of your mind symptoms. <laughs> Is it, um, isn't the withdrawal symptoms of uh, benzos a uh, permanent psychosis? Yeah, or something? it could be. That is one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and and you know, this is a guy that had to be put in a coma uh, to to to. Uh, <laughs> alleviate his benzo withdrawals so, we're not okay, talking so, about like 
least uh, least addicted benzo guy sort of uh, <laughs> symptoms. We're talking about most addicted benzo guy symptoms. <laughs> One of my favorite things in like conspiracy literature, as well as kind of in real life, but mostly in the conspiracy stuff, is this idea that... Um, you the way you brainwash someone or the way you could brainwash someone is by savaging their ego so mm-hmm. severely through I don't know rape or whatever that's generally where people seem to get, to go with this sexual abuse um that their their consciousness fragments into a thousand little pieces and then you rebuild them from there and just the idea of making a Manchurian candidate out of Jordan Peterson by making him <laughs> take a bunch of Kalab <laughs> is, is really good to me. It fucking rules. Anyway, Mike's texting. He doesn't care about us. Yep. Back more Jordan Peterson. CEOs in particular, evil capitalists all would reject this nonsense, this idiot postmodernism with its denial of any objective world, divine or material, this appalling and murderous Marxist wolfery in sheep's clothing. But it turns out that the left's ability to weaponize guilt and the contempt that... I'm sorry. I just want to point out the fact that this man used the word wolfery. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's all. It That's only, all. It Go only on. gets better from here. I promise <laughs> you. Uh, again, we, we have to watch uh, 12 minutes and 30 seconds at least of this. Uh, I have dog ears and I'm not using the word wolfery. That's no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying it oh, gets so yeah. unhinged by the, by uh, the 12 minute, 30 minute, right. or again, 30 I'm second mark. I'm going to shut up. 12 minute, 30 second mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, keep going, John. All right. Far too many in the business world have for ideas have proved an unstoppable combination. Perhaps I should have seen this coming. Part of what doomed the benighted Doom. universities Doom. was a thoughtless corporatism. The introduction of managerial speak among the administrators, too many of whom were failed. Wait, didn't, wouldn't, what, how, how did managerial speak enter? Administration? The, yeah, didn't it come from administration? Yeah, it came from the universities, is I think oh. what trying to claim. Yeah. The, the administrators were cool guys smoking cigarettes was, on their fucking uh, well their it's, fucking it's, it's the universities cars. focusing on things like sociology like learning <laughs> things about people <laughs> oh oh he, he's yeah. talking about a he's talking about a uh hr departments he, and to he, be fair he exactly like he'd is. be right he's just saying the wrong things <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so so that is something that that I, that I do think needs to be addressed here is that uh he he does kind of rightly call out HR departments. However, I mean, that's, all, that's the, Jordan's whole thing. Yeah. He, he, uh, it's, it's one of those things where you like neat, like, like math teachers always ask you to like write out, uh, your work. Um, Jordan Peterson sometimes gets like half right conclusions, uh, and, and like, uh, almost achieving right answers. And then like, uh, you can't ask him to write out his work because he doesn't know how he well, fucking got there. And if he like yeah. really took the time to to examine how he got there, 
be like, oh shit, I'm actually going in the wrong direction on all this. Well, it's 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 also you know this this thing that we pointed out before, which is that you know the reason that you can't have interesting or or one of the reasons that you can't have interesting or compelling like superhero movies at this point is because the villain always ends up becoming a hero in a certain way, and then yeah. you have to make them ridiculous, right? right? And 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 the the reason for that is that everyone fundamentally has the same critiques in the same way that we had fundamentally the same critiques in the 1930s yeah, or the 1920s in the sense that everything around us is fucking falling apart. Capital is failing. We're entering into a crisis. You have the option of either going towards the far left or the far right. They both have exactly the same things to say, except one of them happens to be saying some really weird things about transgendered people and Jews. <laughs> like you know so so he's of course going to be saying things that are yeah no absolutely yeah no you're right hr departments are evil corporatism is awful uh universities are actually fundamentally unethical uh and wrong and, and train people's brains to be broken all that and and all the shit's happening and we all agree with that anyone that's put enough thought into it agrees with it yeah, um, yeah, but what is to be done? <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> you know? that's actually a yeah. book by yeah. Lennon, isn't it? <laughs> 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 we did it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway. uh, keep keep playing this Jordan Peterson disaster because he he uh, he goes completely in the wrong direction. Oh, we're only a minute and thirty seconds in. I can't I hear you anymore. Who? I can't hear Turning you anymore. Turning in desperation. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, I think I think this is an error on my end. Um, that, yeah, that's broken again. You, you can't you can't hear me. No, I no, I, I can't hear anymore. your uh, stream. Is a problem. Oh, oh, okay. I hear Mike popping in and out. Wow, that's wild. Because I mean, I I, I have this to be is, heard. This is fine radio. If that, only we had a producer that would handle uh, all there, of this. There, there's something yeah. going on with my computer that I need to troubleshoot uh, later on. Uh, go ahead and start playing again, John. Whatever. You're gay. I mean, I'm we gay. all academics we worth go. their salt, so to speak, at least have the spine to have some contempt for their competitors on the public status front, deserved as it is in some ways or not. One simple but brilliant trick to cool your home in 90 seconds. Damn it, John. Dude, can we, can we, can we just make sure that we're this signed into the and... Benzo accounts? Oh, I forgot <laughs> to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> again, maybe if you don't show up uh, five minutes before we're supposed to start recording. I, I showed up 20 minutes before. Well, you didn't. All, no, all you no, did. Uh, yeah. all, and then, all and then we did. spent 18 minutes talking about how cool and thick my <laughs> dong is. <laughs> Continue playing this fucking video. God damn. And I knew, too, from extensive experience talking to corporate types that the human resources departments were impossibly resentful and corrupt and ill informed and desperate for power at any cost. And even worse than the dreadful HR slash DIE combination, perhaps, if that is even possible, is the new corporate and government craze for environment, social, and governance dicta, so-called ESGs. 
as every idiot fad needs an oh-so-in-the-know acronym. As one set of corporate consulting half-wits and moral... So, so he's really going for menacing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's on the Daily Wire Plus now. Uh, he diarrhea shit uh, uh, like 10 videos a day on, on doing his fucking YouTube. <laughs> uh, and, and then he does like these these individual talks where where he's reading off a teleprompter and, and he just like sucks at reading off a teleprompter. So it's like disingenuous to anybody with like an inkling of how actual people talk to each other. And, yeah. and then uh, just, yeah, like so, so dumb on top of it. Um yeah. Yeah, no, like uh well I guess he, he's probably trying to expand his uh his uh uh fan base from like uh conservative millennial incels to uh uh middle-aged uh Gen Xers fucking uh whose uh kids hate them. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of like yeah. his entire trajectory is like moving more and more to the right so that he can get more uh, people listening to him. Yeah. Posturers put it, quote, investors are increasingly applying these non-financial factors as part of their analysis process to identify material risks and growth opportunities. ESG metrics are not commonly part of mandatory financial reporting, though companies are increasingly making disclosures in their annual report or in a standalone sustainability report. Non-financial factors applied to identify material risks? What? Standalone sustainability reports? All this smacks of central planning, not to mention a low, shallow, self-justifying moralizing, which can and does in no wise stand in for genuine ethics. Yeah, I, I take it back. The benzos have not worn off. No, no, yeah, no. Like, like I said, he's gotta, fully back on the benzos now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like more, like more than ever. I think. Yeah. Like, like unhinged I, benzo posting. That that's where he's at right now. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> did 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 he describe at all what ESG means? Nope. I don't think he did. No. Uh, so yes. ESG means environmental social governance. Yeah. Uh, so it's a list. Um, and fundamentally, it's not a scare thing either necessarily. It's just three factors which may or may not be helpful or harmful to investments. Um, and they should all be, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I think pretty self-explanatory uh, that one of these factors may determine whether or not your investment might be long-term or even beneficial, especially yeah, or, in sort of a certain geological if, location. If it's sustainable. Right? Yeah. I mean, can, sustainable can, for can, sure. Can, I mean, sustainable in quotes because none can, of the shit's sustainable, but yeah. Uh, well, the, like the, I, well, and also like, like to say that like a, a sustainability report is not a financial report. Like can it's we, also, can, it is can we continue inherently? to make money this way? And, and the, reason, run out? the reason that he's able to say that is because it's not actually part of general protocol nor law that you include ESG metrics, because number one, they're very difficult to determine and, and, and also otherwise just there aren't rules placed around it. But it's not actually law that you include ESG metrics in, inside of determinations of this matter. 
And so like he's mad that people are deciding to do things. Yeah, he exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's he is a boomer yelling at computer for new technology. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it's amazing that you bring up computer for new technology. We'll get into that later. Uh, so uh, go go on, John, with the uh, the the video action those planet saving sustainability goals can simply and finally not be instituted from the top down particularly not when they will be both formulated and enforced by people who are very interested in looking good but very short on experience ability and wisdom it's so fucking exhausting CEOs, i'm sorry pause it how can you not see we we have we have traditions not even just in the U.S. but but in in capitalism and proto capitalism and pre capitalism forever going back of people making decisions for hundreds or thousands of people based entirely upon like individual feuds that you're having like yeah. you don't yeah. like the way that your dick is shaped and yet. He thinks that it's offensive that people are making top-down decisions, which should make sense with his competence hierarchy bullshit. Because, and again, to point that out, executives are fucking retarded. Yes. Um, and and you know, I'm not going to get into that. But uh, uh, again, a situation where he he kind of arrives at a c- correct conclusion but he doesn't do like the math work necessary behind it to like reveal just, other things about that conclusion well it's all aestheticized it's right. not it has well, nothing to do with the actual statement of what's occurring and i don't mm-hmm. want to be an analytic here in some fucking shitty way but of course but like you can't just decide that something's pretty looking and decide from there that is correct <laughs> you exactly. can't do yeah, that yeah, yeah. no yeah. no that, that that's that's exactly what i mean by showing your math is like yeah you, you have to go into like the the internals of how this all works together and uh, anyway i just received a salad i don't it, I, I just find it like like a like crazy that it seems like that he's arguing or not arguing but angry that the fucking like fascist fucking overlords are tr- are trying to be nice about it yeah as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to so, being so mean that, about it that that's like the the amazing through line through this whole thing is uh uh and 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 we'll eventually get to it uh <laughs> i i put i put the 12 minute and 30 uh second limitation on this because it's where it really hits its crux uh <laughs> and and we do have to unfortunately see it through that uh and and you know I'm I'm cutting this essentially in half. Uh, <laughs> we we could do like we could we could probably do like three hours just analyzing this <laughs> stupid fucking video. But um, twelve minutes and thirty seconds of of watching this is where you really like understand where he's coming from, and uh, uh, the the absolute lie that he's just like telling uh, in all this. Uh, so. Um, at the risk of leaving Danko out, just uh, continue, I guess. Oh, what happened? Play it, fool. Uh, oh, bad. yes. There's that contempt for ideas again. There's that guilty pandering to the utopian leftist mob. The DIE mandates and ESG disclosures and the massive administrative bureaucracy that thrives on such pseudo work is precisely equivalent to the worst sort 
a fifth column. You CEOs are elevating the least competent people in your corporations. That's you, human resources personnel, to the highest positions of decision-making and company planning, turning over your hiring decisions to those deluded enough to think that diversity is a substitute for ability, and to believe that equity merely means equality of opportunity. What does it mean? How about you take the time to find out? A hint. It means equality of outcome. A principle utterly and absolutely antithetical to every free market principle ever established. And a doctrine as opposed Aww. to the operations of the capitalist world oh, as John. anything conceivable. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear. I'm sorry, I was very quiet. I have a mouthful of lettuce and chicken right now. Why is it chicken? So, here's the thing. Yeah. In case anyone's not aware of this, um, like genuinely, not to be condescending. Um, so, the problem with this idea of equity versus equality mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of problems with it, but yeah. he, he completely it, misattributes <laughs> both of them. Uh, he, he's right, but flying straight out of his fucking mouth at this point. Right, but the problem that really stands out to me, first off, is that there's no way to uh, absolutely determine and guarantee equity uh -huh. or equality, right, uh, of, of outcome or of uh, initial standing, right? Uh, and so what What we need to do as a, as a society Living in a society. Constantly, as if we were a video game, make these uh, constant uh, benchmarks, essentially. The, these moments where you end up checking, hey, let's let's add another filter here, right? Yeah. And say, okay, so you, um, statistically, if we're going to be technocratic, which, of course, I don't think we have any other... I don't think there's a way out at this no. point, but we're gonna be if we're going to be weird and technocratic about things, then then at least say you have a statistical likelihood of being underprivileged. Yeah. Right. Because you're poor or, uh, you know, a different, you know, a non-white or something gay, whatever. Uh, and then at each step at university, at initial hiring, at hiring down the line, things like that you end up making determinations based with these different variables taken into consideration. I think that that fucking makes sense because just because you got into a good university doesn't mean some racist asshole later down the line isn't going to say, well, you can't actually join my company because we don't hire, you know. Uh, say it. Say the N-word. No, I was going to say uh, <laughs> Reba. Oh, we don't hire people named Reba. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of the primary thing. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't need to rant about the rest. But no, I mean, that's, that's the primary thing, which is that people think that it's just people's constantly saying, hey, 
you're you're a, a black lesbian transgender person so now we need to make you the queen of the company which there's a reason we don't see a whole lot of like ceos that look like that right yeah. um, but but these are just constant like they're logic checks that's all they are and again like i have a lot of issues with this technocratic style of determining things uh, but ultimately that is really the best option we have when we have the world of 8 billion people, which we're trying to organize into their best, like compatibility yeah, and, with that. And, and it's like a fear mongering about, uh, equity is that, um, uh, you know, pe people are going to, to have the same and, and this isn't even like a Marxist principle, mind you. Uh, Marx, Marx never argued for like pure equity or anything like that. Uh, he kind of merely argued for like a baseline of what should be acceptable to everyone. Uh, and, and, and that's not necessarily equity, uh, but, but you could view it as equity in a certain sense as like, uh, we, we have such, uh, such an economy that produces in, uh, uh you know it, it produces more than we need uh right it 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 has more things than we need and involved with it uh it it gives us more than we we uh in a lot of cases even want um yeah I mean, the, colorblindness the works a about. lot better. What's that? When you colorblindness works significantly better when you aren't living in a system which is predicated upon capitalism and years and years and years of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and 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 you know, like uh, the the kind of equity that that someone like Marx might speak to is saying, "Hey, look, we exist in this uh, uh, economy of." producing massive amounts of wealth the very least we could do is promise everybody in the society everybody who is working in the system a bunch of basic things basic things like housing uh food security uh uh you know economic security um those sort of things and so when when uh, Jordan, Jordan Peterson's like a uh, uh, definition of equity isn't even like a definitional uh it's it's not in oh. the dictionary version of equity uh it's it's purely pulled out of his fucking ass <laughs> um and and like equity in like the marxist sense is is just providing a very basic quality of life for people based off of how much excess we produce and how much we can apply that to everyone rather than letting a couple of people become wealthy uh, and and he's gonna like tell on himself later on in this video, which is why we need to get to the twelve minute and thirty second mark uh, because he's he's just like gonna completely come uh, mask off at the at that point. Also, can I give a quick review of the salad? Uh -huh. It's not very good. Where did it come from? I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, that's that's one problem. <laughs> don't I don't remember. Where your salad it's, came from. It's midnight. It's midnight, and someone gave me a salad. It's gotta no, be no, no, fucking no. That, bad. That's great, uh, but you know, midnight salad probably not the best salad. <laughs> yeah, this tastes like ass, like every other salad I've eaten at midnight. Yeah. Uh, it's a butthole John, eating joke. Please uh, continue playing. It's a this. joke about eating buttholes. Yeah, well, produced by the dread imagination.
of the hypothetical bastard child of Karl Marx and Michel Foucault. Okay. And yeah. if you can't see this, or worse, won't, then you are either too ignorant to be doing what you are doing, or willfully blind in precisely the manner that will usher in the darkest of days you can possibly imagine. And what of ESG principles? Do I know of what I speak? Well, throughout 2010 and 2011, I worked with the sole Canadian contingent on the UN's 2012 Original Sustainability Plan document, Resilient People, Resilient Planet, A Future Worth Choosing. And I learned something about how such sausages were made. <laughs> Although the so-called high-level uh, panel pause, pause charged with this overwhelming... I'll show you how this sausage is made, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look if, at you my if you don't think I already clipped... Uh, how the how these sausages are made uh, i did and uh it's, it's waiting in the queue uh I, I have to figure out whether or not i want to replace like uh oh shit my soundboard isn't working Glad i didn't have that queued up uh but how do you uh, have how do you have 11 different sounds on your soundboard already uh, uh because piece of shit. I, I can switch between them or more well yeah you can yeah, so you should be able to have like I don't know thirty or something. Yeah, why don't you have thirty? I I I have I have so many sounds, man. You you guys wouldn't even imagine. You don't use them, you piece of shit. <laughs> why don't you try to work on this podcast a little bit? Yeah, not have such some fucked sounds. up equipment. Oh, I think it's because I didn't update. Uh, anyway, I can't hear you over the crunch of my lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's all iceberg, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. I'm I'm sad that my uh, soundboard isn't working tonight. Uh, should check that before I start the podcast. Full, fat, full, ooh, my god. Maybe anyway, if you hadn't gotten on five <laughs> minutes before. Fair enough. Uh, I, I I get on uh, thirty minutes before. I start up like five or uh, six different programs. Uh, you know, make sure they're safe. safe by... it's, it's fine. Ugh. No, no, John wants to call me out. Fucking, right fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, back I just to think we should hire a producer. Overwhelming and Tower of Babelesque task was hypothetically made up of the typical stellar luminaries, ex-presidents and prime ministers and their ilk. In reality, the task of actually writing the paper, and therefore thinking through the details where the devil hides, was typically shunted down the hierarchy of authority now details until it landed on the desk of someone who had the interest, time, and presumption to devote some real effort to the task. Hi, this is Governor Ron DeSantis. Florida ah! is America. <laughs> this oh, is actually pretty enlightening. Man, look at Every the way this suit way. wears. Man. Someone like me. I say this without cynicism. Ex-presidents, etc., have calendars that are fully booked, often months or even years in advance, and simply do not have the time, resources, or often the ability to sit down and think through, write, and edit the vast research proposal. Because that's what the UN report really was that makes up a plan for the planet 
And who does? Who's an expert in planetary sustainability? No one. Gordon Peterson. <laughs> yeah. It's too complicated. It's and that's complicated. why we have a decentralized free market economy. Oh, captains of industry. <laughs> oh, captains. 169 <laughs> goals oh reduced. Did he actually do an oh, captain like captain? Uh, yes, he, he literally said, oh, captains of industry. He is so fucking horny for, for anybody who's in charge of a company. Um, well, I mean, he, he wishes they'd be a little bit more attractive, though, to be fair. Yeah, right. Uh, but but also, uh, so so here is where we see the the clear uh, uh, influence that the Daily Wire Plus is having on Jordan Peterson. Uh, and this isn't me saying like, oh, Daily Wire Plus is manipulating Jordan Peterson. Uh, but but, uh, you know, uh, now Jordan Peterson has his camera crew and he's 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 able to write these like elaborate scripts that he's trying to deliver to people. And uh, turns out that he like sucks at uh, writing and delivering all these things. Uh, but but he has like an editorial crew now. Uh, also, like y you might have noticed if, you if you're somebody who was subscribed to Jordan Peterson's channel uh up until this moment um he has been diary shitting new content out and it's not him it's uh it's it's the daily wire has has put a, a couple of editors on all of his old uh talks and stuff like that and they're they're just clipping them to say you know whatever horrible thing jordan peterson has said in his past but like really put a point on it so you can click on it and be like why are women uh, not uh suitable for leadership positions. Uh, I this is almost directly something that Jordan Peterson has uh posted now. Um, and, well, I don't trust anything that bleeds for uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, almost to that point as well. Uh, yeah, right. and and you know, uh, uh Jordan Peterson saying is women are too agreeable. And uh, uh, if you're I'm too sorry, agreeable, I'm sorry to say then, then you negotiate on bad faith. Or, <laughs> and uh, what you have to be is a disagreeable man, but you can't be so disagreeable that you cause revolution. You have to be disagreeable enough that uh, you you advocate for a dollar more an hour at your workplace. I mean, this is basically like what, what this entire like uh, the philosophy boils down to because he's a hack. He's stupid. And he's right. uh, he's a uh, recovering uh, uh, non-recovering benzo addict. I uh, hope I hope this isn't defensive to uh, any of the queer people on the podcast for listening. Uh, but conservative straight guys are the gayest fucking people on the face of the listen earth. Listen to this oh, fucking oh, yeah. guy talk. It's right? fucking crazy. This yep. is not a straight person talking to you. <laughs> we, we have to. CEOs, god damn you! Like that's not that's not straight person talk. Sorry, hey buddy. Hey buddy, how much do you love pussy? I'm afraid of kissing it or being around it. <laughs> when you kiss a pussy, for instance, you become enamored with the pussy, and when you are enamored with the pussy, you become a beta male. And it's all said unironically with this voice of a guy that sounds like Kermit the fucking goddamn. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm going to be honest. The straightest thing I'm ever going to do in my life is become some woman's slave and uh, yeah. 
raise uh, your kids yeah of course <laughs> uh so again we had to make it 12, 12 minutes and 30 seconds uh, so can we go oh jesus nope nope <laughs> I, I will hold a gun oh. to your head and make you watch this until 12 minutes and 30 seconds. God, and, I really want a straight once, woman to make me her no, no, right now. Once, once we get to what? that point, you'll understand exactly why I made us do this. <laughs> uh, even the fact that like we're just running so long in the podcast after the the July uh, uh, just, Christmas in July on my chest episode just... that, that that ran for four fucking for hours, which I got so many messages about. Like, me. why, why is it four hours long? She just, uh, <laughs> she just forces me to nut over and over and over again yeah. because I'm I'm oh. her bad little boy and she's my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> my bad little beta. Uh, John, please keep. keep <laughs> Without much thought to a still unwieldy 17. By what mechanism? By whose choice? With what evidence that such planning is desirable, to say nothing of possible, or more likely counterproductive in an absolute sense? We have a decentralized free market Absolutely. economy so that the invisible hand which is actually a gigantic distributed computational oh, I thought system he was say a calculating thing. adaptation to the transforming horizon of the future. So that the invisible hand, the free choice of product and occupation characterizing billions of people, can guide us as unerringly and selfishly, thank God for that, as possible into the future. And this simply cannot be replaced by the utopian hand-waving of centralist globalist planners, even if they are blessed with the charisma and brilliance of that consummate conference organizer, Klaus Schwab. The computations of the decentralized free market system, guided as it must be by a necessary minimum of political constitutions and international treaties, simply cannot be replaced by brute force top-down machination, no matter how well-intentioned. Remember what the road to hell is paved with. We tried that with the bloody <laughs> five-year plans of Stalin and Mao. Remember how that turned out? And if you think the comparison is ridiculous. Uh, so first off, uh, not a huge fan of Stalin or Mao, of course. Uh, but uh, the the way he reads those lines is is so forced and and uh, <laughs> shitty and dumb, and uh, you know like uh, uh, let's let's reasonably criticize people like Stalin and Mao. Uh, I think I think they're 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 pretty ripe for uh, genuine criticism. Uh, let's also <laughs> criticize uh, the the American genocide project of the the Native Americans. Um, let, let's also, uh, criticize, uh, America, like, uh, in its entirety, uh, and, and how it relied on slave labor for, like, a huge portion of its foundation. Um, you know, let, let, let's, like, really, like, uh, do, do real criticisms here. And, uh, you know, Stalin, not great. Mao, not great. Uh, also America washed in like <laughs> fucking blood and disgusting vitriol and what? horrid politics and 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 uh, uh uh genocide you know 
Uh, but uh, Stalin and Mao, like pretty bad guys also. Name one bad thing we've done. <laughs> uh, who's we? <laughs> America. Oh, America. Uh, uh, pro- probably like Maoist America. Oh, Mao- Maoist America. Uh, <laughs> never, never existed. So problem there, I guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, America in general. Uh, built on genocide. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, the 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 Holocaust, of course, awful, horrible, bad. Uh, the American Holocaust of Native Americans worse than I have than Hitler. I have a really weird experience. So not to dox myself again, God. Uh, but I live uh, I live around Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee and Gross. Milwaukee, yeah, right. It, like the name gives you a hint. Yeah. <laughs> the racist shit. Um, but every time I end up driving down one of the highways here, I see a big old sign that says uh, America's Black Holocaust Museum. <laughs> and at first I think, oh, come on, that's a bit, that's a really heavy handed name, isn't it? The Black Holocaust Museum. <laughs> and, it, and by the time that I've passed it, I'm just like, yeah, well, duh, of course, it's the, yeah, this wait, is look. the United States of America. <laughs> what the fuck else should you actually call it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's we it, did the every time every single side. fucking time it, it takes five seconds for this to occur it's yeah. this moment of oh come on you're right you're right <laughs> no, no. And, and and you know you know not not dunking on you or anything like that but no, i'm white i get it the 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 entire <laughs> construct of how we learn history in america is always like uh you know uh Christopher Columbus came across the street sea uh and and you know uh I, I forget which year that happened there, there's a whole rhyme about that but who cares uh you know and and then you know uh, uh Americans push back against the the colonial powers of England like there, there's there's a rhyme here there's a rhyme here that makes it really easy uh Columbus sailed the oceans blue in the great year of 1982 19, 19 <laughs> yeah. yeah oh wow that 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 was yeah. so recent uh, i know i know you always think of the u.s is is older than it is but yeah so, so it's then, actually a very young you state have the the revolutionary war where a bunch of old white guys are like no we're not gonna pay your taxes we're gonna dress up like native <laughs> americans push your tea in a little water so so they get the blame uh, but then we're gonna like fight a proxy war against you until like turns out in our favor, and and then we're gonna like claim uh, an American uh, 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 hey, uh, hey, country. Hey. hey, Mike, what's up? Is is this? I asked that question as a joke. Can we fucking finish? Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, we could probably. Finish. That salad was uh, was was better towards the end, actually. <laughs> coming at your butt is what you're saying uh, oh it's about to it's about to i feel so, it so yeah we, we have all these like mythical institutions of how america works and america is is like one of the worst countries for genocide that's ever existed uh you know we we, we can look at those the holocaust the holodomor whatever you want to call it uh, uh that that happened overseas uh, i prefer the showa yeah, uh, worst things happen in America, and and let's never come to light. Let's never been addressed, etc. 
John, please, please play the rest of this clip. It, it just goes downhill from here. But we really <laughs> had to make it 12 minutes and 30 seconds. I promise you guys. Three more minutes. Then just start thinking about the 150 million people who will be hungry later this year. When the first results of the decision to scuttle the energy industry in the name of planetary survival roll out. And just give some consideration to the fact that the idiot environmental utopian faux moralizers have proved themselves in the last few years. Entirely willing to sacrifice today's actual poor to the thriving hypothetical poor who will, if we haven't ethically depopulated ourselves entirely in the next few decades, grace what? the planet with their sustainable low carbon footprint in yeah. the what lower the your expectations yeah. future knows. we are Jesus all Christ. guiltily planning. Hey everybody, what's up? Oh, this is yeah. Ian. This is my nice. MSX story. Nice! Nice! Just nice. John, log into the fucking Pendo Rehab Dungeon YouTube. Uh, skip the ad. You can, you can click that. Writing out. skills. Glenn. And just remember who enabled and emboldened Putin. And pray that wasn't a fatal mistake. As it probably was. <laughs> and so, CEOs, you need to shed your guilt. You are evil capitalists, just as charged. You've worked your whole life to be precisely that. Are you going to capitulate now in the face of social criticism and disavow everything you have done? Instead, you should wear that badge proudly. Evil capitalist, recognizing explicitly that there is simply no better alternative. Although capitalism produces inequality, and inequality, when unchecked, poses a real danger to social stability, every economic system ever created by man does the same, and often more egregiously. But not every system produces wealth. In fact, none pause have. Right there real quick, though. Except... Uh, uh, so he, he says uh, not every system produces wealth. Um, before capitalism was this thing called uh, feudalism, uh, which uh, ac actually did create quite a lot of wealth for, for there's a There's always been uh, wealthy people, whether or not there's been a commons, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, so, uh, so uh, the, the, the idea that uh, capitalism is the first thing that's ever produced wealth really kind of ignores the entire history of kings and uh, bishops and, and all the power structures that have existed before capitalism became a thing. Um, and, and capitalism is just like... I just made a really good like, meme. Well, good for you. We'll see that later. Oh. What? Oh, did, did you say this made a really good meme or, or you're going to make a really good meme? I... I didn't quite hear what you said. Who cares? Let's yeah. let's watch the rest of this. Uh, so yeah, we we only have like less than a full minute left to listen to uh, Jordan Peterson. What I'm betting on, <laughs> and and uh, it's important that we listen to this last like forty seconds of of what he's gonna say. But uh, go on. <laughs> All right. Free market capitalism, which has in recent decades lifted an unprecedented number of people, not least in putatively communist China, 
out of the absolute poverty that has been the rigid and certain destiny of everyone for the entire span of human history. Capitalism indeed produces inequality, but it also remediates dire privation. For the first time in the entire painful temporal span comprising life here on Earth, everyone has enough to eat, except when political machination interferes and malevolence gains the upper hand. Or market machination. Obesity is now a bigger problem than right. starvation. But we, we don't need to listen fuck? to it anymore. That rules. Um, First off, uh, uh, he says uh, capitalism has produced uh, produced uh, uh, enough food for everybody to eat. Uh, America is one of the most food-starved countries in America uh, uh, in the world. Sorry, not just America. Have I have I frozen? Never mind. No. <laughs> uh, it, it looked like I frozen. Uh, uh, yeah, America has like uh, the, the worst like food security of of any first-world country. Uh, and and America is arguably the most capitalist country that exists. Uh, so so his his uh thought that like we're living in a post scarcity world because of uh capitalism, not true at all. Uh, uh, scarcity is a, a byproduct of capitalism. Of course, we all know that here. Um, what are, what other lies is he telling? Uh, uh. Well, I mean, part of it's a lie of omission because I mean, well, it, it, it's a lie of omission because uh, I mean, technically there is enough food for everybody. It's yeah, just that course. evil capitalists would rather burn it, yeah, right, than and feed the world. Look, <laughs> if supply is really high and demand is low, you gotta, you gotta burn all the food. <laughs> Get a poor bleach on the scraps that you put into the dumpster sometimes, you know? It's just how it goes. You gotta, you gotta burn the wheat. You gotta burn the yeah. wheat. To, to separate the, the wheat from the chaff. You must. You know what wheat. you gotta do? You gotta take my medicine. No. Take John's too. We're not done and yet. Make sure to share with Mike's friends. We, we have two more links to look at. They're very short, but I promise they're great uh so um cindy bay she looks like a cindy bay you know <laughs> yeah. what i'm saying you know what i'm saying Jesus, because man. she's female yeah so uh go, go ahead and play this uh go ahead and play this clip and then Chief Josh Gibson told me it's heartbreaking to do this, but they're overworked. There should be eight full-time police officers, but for the past several months, they've been working with five. And Gibson's issue also includes the town manager. Without the police department in a town with at least 1,500 people, the feeling of heartbroken is shared here in downtown. They're not just... Police. They're our family. From at least 20 years of seeing a familiar face to now having no one at the Kenley Police Department, Nancy Cates is left speechless. After five police officers, including the police chief, quit. It's devastating to this community. We don't want our town to go crazy. And neither does Josh Gibson, the Kenley police chief, telling us how heartbreaking it is to let go. But the stress and trying to work amid staffing shortages 
including issues with the town manager, was too much. The town clerk and the town's utility clerk also resigning. Their announcement, difficult for Cates to accept. It broke my heart because I called him and I told him, I said, I protested him resigning, you know, and the rest of them too. They're all uh, great people. We we can kind of uh, pause it right there. Uh, Basically, uh, this, uh, this small town in North Carolina... Uh, their their entire police force uh, resigned because less than a full month after uh, a black woman became their town manager, they cited a uh, hostile work environment. Uh, <laughs> which I I I I thought that these guys were like uh you know the 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 protectors the big of tough men. Yeah, the big They're tough the guys. We, we had to have the wolves uh, to protect the the flock of the sheep sort of thing yeah. uh uh but it, but it turns out like once once the uh the shepherd i guess is like i don't know a little bit mean to them they just like immediately fucking all quit uh we're, t- we're talking <laughs> about uh five police officers including the uh the police chief uh just right just... Who, who are experiencing something that uh every person who's ever worked fucking retail has experienced yeah, exactly. Staffing shortage. Uh, so, so these brave police officers now have to deal with like I don't know, kind of probably a little bit of regulation. Uh, I I don't know anything about this uh this uh police or not uh police manager, but but the town manager that came in. Uh, it turns out that uh, it was revealed uh after <clears throat> she was hired that she sued one of her former uh employers for racial discrimination uh and settled it out of court and uh you know she's black and uh she's working in the uh the southeast so probably legitimate (laughs) Uh, right i'll I'll also point out how funny it is that uh they they showed an image of the police chief one of the five the five people to quit yes five Uh, and and, and then following from that is so his image fades out and then like a second and a half later they mention him again and bring his image back up and i'm gonna i'm gonna say that the reason that they're spending so much time putting his picture up there is that even if he looks like a chunky piece of shit he's probably the only person in the city that has a jaw <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no for sure yeah and the only and police so- officer in the city Sorry about the civilians. I love you guys. Eh, you can chill on the civilians too. I, yeah. I I worked for uh for for the public at a point. Uh, fuck, fuck us. Um, <laughs> fuck but, us. Fuck everyone. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. So so, <laughs> basically, you know these these brave uh great men who who uh you know protect our communities uh couldn't handle less than like two full months of a hostile quote-unquote work environment uh they they don't cite what made the work environment hostile uh black lady. I, I, I looked into this like like i i tried it was, it was to black find... it was it was black lady the answer uh, yeah. that, Mike, that, the, the answer is black lady that that's really all it comes down to the answer uh, is black lady uh yeah uh all... serve and protect more like uh perv and erect <laughs> right um so so I, I genuinely did did try to find like what their complaints were. They don't list any complaints. It was just it's a hostile work it's environment. Bla- it's because it's a black now, lady. Hostile. Now imagine 
you have a bunch of Amazon uh, warehouse workers citing a hostile work environment going on strike and how the police respond to those people. Uh, <laughs> completely outsized, like, aggression, etc. Uh, it's, it's all bullshit. The people that we think are tough in our society are fucking garbage. They're just little bitch-ass babies. The people who are actually tough are the workers, the actual people who make this fucking country work. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, fuck the cops uh, yep. is kind of the point I wanted to make out of all that. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Hell yeah. Happy birthday. Good night. I love you all. Whose birthday? <laughs> Whose birthday? Oh, you, I thought. No, that's... <laughs> You're months late. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, Danko, do you have any pitches to give? Don't we have one more link left? No. Nope. Is that not, is that not one more link that, that I that's see? That's the uh, Zoom link to join this meeting, which we won't give out to people. That's really unprofessional. Yeah. God damn This it, is Joe. extremely unprofessional, <laughs> guys. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've shown it on accident a couple times. Hell yeah. yeah. Good advice. thing it changes every time. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pitches. So uh, go to Trincata. Check out the workshop. Check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Trincata, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A. Uh, we finally finished up the fascism seminar, but we'll probably do some more of that. This week, we're taking a fucking break because I'm exhausted and I want to shoot <laughs> myself in the fucking face. Uh, not in a way that kills me, but in a way that makes people pity me because I take off my eyes yeah. and my nose and like, <laughs> most of my lips, a it's bunch of my teeth, honestly. so I talk all funny, so I don't have to answer to my fucking crimes against myself. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we're, we're focusing on kids in the hole this week. <laughs> so I'm planning on actually making it uh, increasingly unhinged for a while until we make it serious and unhinged again. Uh, so we're having fun with that. The eroticism workshop is still going strong, uh, hosted again by Laura, uh, who is phenomenal. Uh, so that happens on the, the, the first Saturday of every month, and they're really fantastic with it. We did a uh, the last one we did was a, um, a what do you call it a fan fiction thing. We uh, we all wrote very funny pieces, uh, so it's a very kind of uh, fun thing. It's not overly serious. Let's talk about coming uh, kind of thing per se. Uh, I wrote a whole thing about Will and Grace and like rog robbing convenience stores. Um, so yeah, that's my main pitch. Uh, I think that's it. If it's not, I'll talk to you next week. I don't fucking care. Fuck off. Eat my Hell balls. Hell yeah. As always, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon is and will always be a free broadcast. If you would like to support the project here, uh, you can go to Benzo or sorry, patreon.com slash Benzo Rehab Dungeon and uh, contribute as much or as little as you like. Uh, it won't get you anything special. I like to be upfront about that. Uh, but we do appreciate your support. Um, with that being said, we love you. Please take your medicine. Please take mine too. But remember to share some with your friends, especially the hard stuff. Got some hard. Got some hard. Uh, but you want us to I've got some hard right now text me some hard guys text me some hard guys I'm, I'm muting us now 
Shut up, Michael. Bitch. Uh, Fucking asshole. He doesn't know shit about how podcasts. <laughs>